Hello, beautiful people. It is Wednesday, April 13th, 2022, and this sports show shall begin right now. Yeah. Can't thank you enough for joining us on this glorious Wednesday. Got the haircut a little bit, got a lot taken Ooh. off the top, a little bit lighter, a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more Springfield, even though there's supposed to be a goddamn tornado today. Mm. Hope everybody is safe in the Midwest. We appreciate the hell out of all of you for watching. If our screen... If it cuts out, it's because there's little. They're calling for terrible weather. Yep, right? you know why? Right above us, and we know that we don't have a ceiling, so we literally hear Correct. the tin roof right above us. You will probably hear this whole thing. But the igloo is about 115 days away. Whoa! Here we go. Can't wait. And by the way, that might change into Thunderdome too. I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not 100 percent sure if we're gonna something to think about. Yeah, mm. I mean, I did one of those Instagram story Q and As, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Somebody asked, like, hey, who's the next person that's coming into the Thunderdome? And they were talking about that seat right there. But in my head, I was like, yeah. Oh, shit. That's a pretty Why good. are we not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're being honest. Yeah, because we say welcome to the Thunderdome literally all the time. And we didn't create the Thunder. Hey, we're not saying we created this, but honestly, it is a dome. Mm-hmm. We can easily put some thunder and lightning on the top of that thing. Yeah. yeah. So you're saying every time we walk in, thunder just hits? That'd be sweet. Oh, God. In the thunder rolls. <laughs> in the lightning strikes. strikes. Good morning, it says. <laughs> Sick. That's what it was. Who created Maybe Paulie Shore. Huh? Paulie Shore created Thunderdome. Well, that was the Biodome. Yeah. And uh, Mm. that was a great movie, actually. Unbelievable. Diggs, who looks fantastic (laughs) today. Yeah, little Church Sunday Diggs today. I was going through the closet and I saw this tiger polo, and I was like, "Ooh, okay." Yeah, it is Easter time. Little Tony Easter. It is Easter this weekend, apparently. Yeah, Jesus coming back on Sunday. That's right. Here we go. Killed on Friday. What if he did? All right, uh, talks at tables here at Boston Connor, <laughs> at Ty Schmidt, the boys in the back. We have a loaded show today. Hell Ian yeah. Rappaport will be joining us in about five minutes. We're probably going to put off any congressional oversight committee chatter until then. The commanders and ownership, Dan Snyder, we feel like probably pretty fucked in this entire thing. Oh, yeah. We don't know enough about the entire situation to know like how it would go if uh, the other NFL owners were to force an NFL owner out. But it feels like he's checked literally every single box, as A.J. Hawk put it, as an owner that would get kicked out of the billionaire's club of being an NFL owner. They know what they have. They have the biggest league on earth, although fucking Guinness World Records talk about the Champions League. Uh, what? Not true. Listen, we like the Champions League. Love uh, the Champions League. We love, love watching the Champions, Champions play League, out yeah. there in the Champions League. Great game yesterday. Great at Chelsea, Real. What a game. I mean, it was 4-1, but it was 4-4 or something like yeah, that because yeah. aggregate, because the Champions League doesn't just keep it in one. And the Guinness World Record said, we feel as if the best league in the world is the Champions League. Hey, get yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, nope. the NFL is the greatest league on earth. Champions League is fantastic. And when we win the Soccer Lombardi, we would like our MLS champion to be invited to the Champions League. That's right. Okay, we would like that. To, if the Portland Timbers get an opportunity to be a part of the champ- Champions League, we will maybe have a little yeah, bit more yeah. respect for them over there. Mm-hmm. Well said. Until Anyways, then. the NFL owners know that they have the best league on earth. Mm-hmm. And they got somebody acting like a slappy here. Now, this is full-blown, not only mor- morally terrible stories coming out. Now, the, the point was raised on the Internet yesterday that when all those exposés were coming out from the Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, and private investigators were digging into the culture of the Washington football team, and then back when it was titled the Washington football team. <laughs> of right. course. Sure. 
I guess they did a lot of investigating. There was a lot of things that came uh, about. There was like three different exposés. They were like, boom, boom, boom. This place is the worst place of all time. All the while, a new head coach was coming in, new president, and they no longer had a team name. So it was a wild time there. And you would have thought that at some point the NFL would have been like, hey, figure this out. They never did. It continued to get worse. Poop pipes were bursting. Mm -hmm. Although there was brand new uh, leadership, it felt like, in the building, the ownership remained the same. Jason Wright came in. He was supposed to be like, I think a guy who was supposed to save a company, his former work, being an NFL player. We fucking love that. Yeah. Then he worked for a crisis control company, basically, that would come into businesses that were on fire and bring a fire hose and hopefully save them around. So he was literally the perfect person to become the president of the Washington football team at the time he was. But ownership was still the same. Snyder just kind of pawned it off to his wife. But the hits kept coming on that team. And there were a massive wart, almost, on the league as a whole. And the internet said, well, maybe other teams were just happy that they were taking all the attention. Like, hey, don't look at our team because that's going on. Mm. That has to be really the only way that there wasn't a conversation for them to at least think about getting a new ownership in the Washington team. That's a massive market, a lot of money, a lot of power players that you can get involved with your league. And there's, you know, Bezos is sitting right down the road at the Washington Post and he has all of the billions. Yeah. So you would think that would be the case. But now it's come out and allegedly a former vice president of the Washington football team, Friedman, has testified under oath, right? I mean, oh, yeah. in front of a House Oversight Committee, you know, because it's the House and then it's the... Uh Senate. Senate. Mm -hmm. That's right. And Neighbors. then there's the president over there. Yeah. And then they, uh, they, they do stuff as a, a yeah. Congress there, and the senators talk to the governor. Executive and legislative branches. Boom. And then there's a third one, too. Judicial. 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 Yeah. 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 And that's kids. the big deal. The, ju the judicial one will fucking bring the hammer down. Mm -hmm. yes, they they got the yeah, you know, the other two, the, uh, the legislative mm -hmm. executive. 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 Mm -hmm. Anyways, they did a full <laughs> testimony and basically came out and said that the Snyder family since 2012, which is eerily near the time where they got fined like $30 million or something. They got fined for misusing. So I, somebody looked this up. Zito sent it to me last night that somebody sent it to him like, hey, 2012-ish is when this fine that came from the NFL came down on the commander or on the Washington football team. And then from that point forward, allegedly, if you go by what the guy who was under oath talking to uh, the House Oversight Committee, who then sent something to the Federal Trade Commission to maybe file <laughs> against that, which is those are the people that handle all the money, basically said, hey, we've been skimming money off the top for the rest of the owners so we don't have to share it with them for the last 10 years. We also stole security deposits from our own ticket people and uh, visitors that were coming to our thing. We were also scamming them somehow. So he opened up everything. Former vice president, he knew where all the fucking bodies were buried in that thing. So now there has to be a conversation about the NFL kicking the Snyder family out. I assume this will go to court of some, some sort. But if he sells that thing, whatever it is, $7 billion, $8 billion, Ten billion, he gets that money. Probably has to pay back a bunch of stuff, and then he just disappears forever. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't really end up getting punished or fined from this whole thing. No. But it feels like we're on the precipice of him getting kicked out, right? Yeah, I, I think so. And I mean, we everyone that we've talked to have said like, "Hey, Bezos isn't interested." But now it kind of presents itself for like it almost makes too much sense. Like they're they're ready to get rid of Dan Snyder. Are they though? I don't know. Like that's the interesting thing because the NFL had, uh, Pro Football Talks Mike Florio said that the NFL has released a statement that they're going to look into the troubling, I believe, uh, accusations yeah. into Dan Snyder or, yeah, investigate serious matters raised by Congress regarding the Washington commanders. The NFL will investigate it. So what does that mean? I don't know. Joining us now is a man who works for the NFL. He's a senior NFL insider, a man that we have 
grown to become great friends with. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, although this week it's been multiple times because there's a lot of shit to talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Hey, Back in the car. Always Where are we going? Yeah. Wow. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no, you're oh. muted. Oh, you're muted. Oh, no. uh, yeah. The AirPods? There you go. There you go. Oh, hold on. No, no, you're back. You're back. You're back. You guys got me? Yeah, it was awesome. Sorry, we didn't have you turned up there. You're back in the car, always on the move, right. always cooking. What do you got going on? Uh, well, kids are on vacation this week, so we just went mm. to the uh, Pez factory and visitor <laughs> center in Connecticut. <laughs> I was, I love Pez. I grew up on Pez. It's my favorite candy, that and Smarties. Favorite um, candy. So I was in heaven. It was great. Jesus. So great. We're not going to get into it. Because you're having a day. Yeah. Okay, Father of the Year. Pez candy being your favorite candy is serial killer like. Yeah. yeah. Not job. That is, that's a real problem. Yeah. Do you not, do you don't think that? Psychopath. When you go to this factory, you get to have as much Pez as you want. You put it in this bucket. That'd be great. And then you just come yeah. out with like hundreds Golden of Pez in situation. all the different flavors. Oh, it's really man, great. That is awesome. Wow, because I, I don't think I've ever seen a Pez get emptied. Like I no, always I no, see no. like the start of it. Oh, look at this. Hot time pops mm -hmm, up. Yeah. Kind of like the uh, sake at a, uh, sure. uh, like a okay. hibachi. Hibachi yeah, right. where uh -huh. the pants come down and it shoots yeah. the, yep. ne the That is never empty. That is true. Yes. Yeah. The Pez one never, because nobody ever finishes. They have a couple. I'm like, oh, this oh, is cool. Yeah, Let's get the hell stinks. out. Yeah. It's chalk. I. I. This is way more than you wanted to know, but I have a Pez collection at home. I finished multiple. Um, this is my wheelhouse. Pez, Smarties, Gobstoppers. These are like real. Games. Smarties not bad. Smarties not Smarties bad. Gobstoppers. I don't know. Like chalky. best and favorite of all candies. Oh yeah, by a lot. By a lot. So you got a Pez museum in your house right now? So you, you're forcing your kids to go to this right now? Like, hey, it's your spring break. Let's go to dad's favorite place. Yeah, well, I, they got they got to eat a lot of Pez. And there was Did also they, a scavenger hunt where they got to Did search for to? Pez. So I'll look for so them. They, okay. they got enough. I mean, it was for me, obviously, but they got enough stuff to satisfy themselves. Hey, Pez is delicious, man. Congrats. Shout out, yeah. Shout out Pez. Thank you for being dad Thanks. mom of the year over there. You guys were very good parents. We appreciate that. CFO Phil took his kids. To an island? Yeah. Oh. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. I mean, there's a lot of very good dads around us. We are very thankful for that as we go forward. Now, let's chit-chat a little bit about what's going on with Congress and the House Oversight Committee and the FTC and the commanders. So what has to happen for the NFL owners to force another owner out? It feels like if they don't do it now after this, if this is all true, then it's not even needed to be in the contract or written in there. Is this not deemed like reasonable to kick him the hell out now that it's financial it's moral it's award it's this he's stealing maybe and how how long is that whole process you think to find out the truth well i would say first of all um well, let me make sure uh oh all right i got the guy all right um first of all i would say Great. we need to know if it's true and if this is true then the consequences are potentially dire there is not a lot of precedent for this um, we, the closest we've had to this is when Jerry Richardson, the former owner of the Carolina Panthers, had that Sports Illustrated sort of expose written about him, uh, about sexual uh, harassment and all that stuff in the workplace. And he ended up selling at a time when he probably would have been pressured to sell. This would be a little different because you're talking legal. You're talking, I mean, to me, the moral of like, taking if this is true taking from fellow owners is as troubling as anything they're supposed to be in this together there's revenue sharing there's so much here i, I think you're right like if 
if this is not enough, then I don't know what would be. We just we, we would need to know if it's true. And Congress moves so slowly that I'm not sure to expect anything soon. But this is probably the most serious owner thing that we've seen in a to me a very long time. How did this start? This all started because of the exposés from the Washington Post and the sexual uh, assault? No, was it sexual misconduct and sexual harassment claims? And then they started started investigating and then they just like, oh, let's see what we get here. And they just kept going. How many people a part of Congress are focusing on this, you think? Or the House? Uh, I would say... I would say significant because, you know, Congress does have investigative power. Um, They do have the ability to subpoena. Um, They do have the ability to. So, you know, basically what what happened here. Oh, there's my picture. That's strange. Um, You know, I mean, that is it's a really a terrible picture. There's so many better ones. There's the one of me in the bow tie, the Kentucky Derby. Anyway. Oh, with the um, Pez dispenser. Oh, <laughs> looks sick. You do look so cool. You have that top hat on too. Oh, the mm. horses. Oh, wow. Mm, wow. He probably had one of those, uh, one of those drinks. Those ter- mint julep. Oh, mint julep. Yeah, oh, there it is. you had a mint julep. No, no, Definitely, no, 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 you no. had a mint julep. You probably had yeah. all the Double whiskey fist, bottles yeah. for yeah, the mint julep. Now, oh, you love the. I would Kentucky. say. Mul- I would say multiple. Yeah, yeah. You love the Derby. Yeah. Oh. So much booze. So much Pez. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my God. Paradise. We'll call you back. We got to reconnect with you. That other photo that came up of him, he looks very cool as well there. Well, he's handling business there at the draft, I believe. That looks yeah, like a type I was, I was also reading <laughs> something recently that Dan Snyder just bought out all of the limited yes. partners, so he and he borrowed half the money. And I don't know, did he borrow from the league? Like, does he owe the league four hundred million dollars? Uh, we're we are back. Uh, Diggs just brought right. up a great point. So he just bought What's out that? the the minority uh, shareholders just like two years ago, okay. I think. Did he borrow that money from the NFL? What would that What would happen with that NFL uh, with that money? And also, how much did the NFL know about all this? How much, did they know? Any, do you think they got blindsided by all this? And yeah. how does that happen? Isn't there like an independent audit that has to take place? You would think in a rev share situation with billions of dollars, do they have to present their money to everybody else? How do how does this slip by the goalie? You think? So the one of the allegations was that um, there was revenue that they received from an NFL game, and they sort of diverted that to make it seem like they got it from a college football game than a different event. Yeah, and 100, so, 163000 know, And basically, the, the thought would be they didn't have to share that because it wasn't an NFL game revenue. And I don't know how that got past everyone, but but what's what's interesting here is, so, like, you know, Congress starts investigating, and then they could go anywhere. Like, that's one of the interesting things about Congress. They investigate one thing, sexual harassment. They look, oh, we uncovered something else. We're now going to go in this direction. Um, and that's kind of the way it works. And that is really scary because if you've done anything wrong, Congress will probably find it. And that's what all the Italian also, folks say about the feds, right? Sure. Once they get in there, they're going to, they're going to find something. Pay your taxes. Hey, they're going to find. And then once they get in, they just keep going. Right. I mean, that is right. And these are, and these are the feds. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. Actual, actual, actual. So, feds. um, and, and you know, it's going to be interesting to see, how this actually goes step by step. There's been a variety of leaks or great reporting or probably both <laughs> from Washington Post and others um, about how serious this is. And these are the allegations, not what's proven. But at every moment when Dan Snyder has been pushed to either admit anything or to give up 
the team in any way he has pushed back. I just wonder at what point does he not push back? All right, so you don't know because shit. You don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know how long it is. No, I mean, you don't nobody know. does. Hey, and you, you're supp- you so are. interesting about this. Yeah, it is very interesting. But let's move on now. Um, that is wild because it feels like we're going to have new ownership. That's two teams within a year probably they are going to be up for sale. I mean, very interesting. Dan Snyder's not going to want to give it up. You can see why he won $110 billion in media rights, let alone everything else that's going to come on the horizon for the NFL. Let's move on, though. Derek Carr just signed for $121 and a half million dollar extension with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Is that actual money or is that just the overall worth? Because we saw J.C. Treader of the NFLPA putting out a tweet saying, hey, boys, the time is now. Let's get some guaranteed money in these contracts. What do you think is happening uh, with that deal? And did the Raiders always want to extend Derek Carr or did Josh McDaniels have to watch film and feel him out first? No, I, I think Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, the coach and GM, have always been fans of Derek Carr. When okay. this like seems like a million years ago, but last off season, when we the Patriots didn't have a quarterback and we were wondering was Gruden going to move on from Derek Carr, the Patriots were interested. They wanted him, and yeah. then wow. Josh McDaniels, you know, finally takes a job after like eight years. Took this job for a lot of reasons, but Derek Carr was one of them because this was a quarterback that he can win with them that he has always liked. So as soon as he took the job, extending Derek Carr was always something that. He and Dave Ziggler wanted to do. And then there were some other things that came up, like the Devontae Adams trade and, of course, the Devontae Adams money. Um, so it kind of got slid a little bit, but this has always been a priority. And I think for Derek Carr, who dealt with a lot of stuff from John Gruden, not all but good, including Gruden seemingly flirting with every quarterback around, uh, this is a really cool moment for Derek Carr because now, okay. now he's done. Yeah, and he's got his guy from college back on the yeah. team. And they've mm-hmm. invested money all over the roster, in the head coach, in a house on the highest hill in the desert. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark Davis is living out there. Good for Las Vegas, good for Derek. Yeah. Now the AFC West is a uh, quite a problem. Can't wait to see how it is handled. Go ahead, Ty Schmidt. Rap sheet. When, like, so Tyron Matthew now is apparently just going to be a Ram. Are we looking at a situation <laughs> where all these, like, major prominent free agents are just going to wait it out and then just go sign with LA. Is that going to happen? Uh, it's kind of already happening a little bit because, you know, the Rams have, I mean, it was Clay Matthews a couple of years ago, I believe. And, um, you know, there's when you're in LA and you're a good team and you've won like, you know, a Super Bowl or whatever, you're always going to be attractive to veterans. I think Arizona Cardinals, somewhat similar people like to train in Arizona, you know, the Cowboys a little bit, Dolphins are like places where people like to train and be always get a little bit of an advantage. The problem is you're not going to make a lot of money. So if you're Tyron Matthew and you want to get, let's say near $10 million, which you probably should get, you're not going to get it from the Rams. They are never going to be the highest bidder. So it's really just you deciding, am I going to, take less than what I want to be in LA and be on a team that has a chance in the Super Bowl or go to another team that's going to pay me more like maybe the Eagles or the Saints. Um, but the Rams do have a little bit of a natural advantage and they know it and they they use it and they have their players like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey recruiting the heck out of these guys. Pretty good. Um, this is why, I mean, this is why they sort of act like this because they could steal a player two every year. Odell Beckham Jr. still on the market? We're just assuming he's going back to L.A.? Still on the market. I wouldn't say it quite like that, but 
there is mutual interest and they know more about his knee than everyone else. Their team doctor did the surgery. Sounds like it went really well and actually corrected like Dak at a, uh-huh. corrected a previously bad surgery from a couple of years ago. Oh, who was that doctor? Helped. Cleveland. Have we have we talked about this or no? No. I'm just learning of this right now. And I, we don't have to out the doctor, but these are the things that we should be outing, though, mm-hmm. for future players because all these relationships that some people have, they automatically get business. And what if they're not great? What if they just are there strictly because of who they know? Yeah. You know, that's a real thing. So here's what, so uh, when Odell tore his ACL with the Rams, remember on a, I was thinking an interception return, right? Or with the, I'm sorry, with the Browns, Browns. on interception return. Yeah. He had an ACL done. It did not sound like it went as well as anyone would have hoped. So before the Rams signed Odell Beckham this past offseason, or this past season when it was like a huge deal, the knee was a concern because it was not 100% healthy. And I don't believe they would have given him a long-term deal just based on the knee because it was troubling. And then in the Super Bowl, he's playing his butt off. He's probably going to be the Super Bowl MVP. He tears his ACL again. And in a weird way, there's a little bit of relief from everyone because now it can get fixed right. This past surgery went really well, and he probably is going to have extended his career just because of this recent surgery. Who said that? The doctor that did the surgery went in there and said, you know what, actually, this thing was kind of not even fixed. I fixed it all up for you. You're welcome. No, they knew. They knew. It's funny. They knew before the surgery. They knew going in because they, you know, to do, to sign him, you have to do an MRI and everything, and they were. They were troubled, so they knew oh, okay. that it was probably just a matter of time. That's like whenever the foot surgeon for Carson Wentz said, this is going to be a nine-month recovery, mm-hmm. and then two weeks later he was back. You know, It was like, who gave the projection, and then how good was the surgery that it was two weeks instead of nine months? I mean, that is <laughs> Great, amazing. Greatest surgery ever. At greatest of all time. When do, you think, um, when do you think these guys will make, like draft day? Is it going to be wild on draft day in your eyes, do you think? Because we've been getting a little bit of a hint. You know, Mark Murphy said it's going to be interesting, and then now you got the Debo Samuel situation popping off where he wants 25 M. We think if we read the Instagram post right, we don't, we don't know right. if we read the Instagram mm-hmm. post right or not, but he wants a new deal. And then there's some conversation. Happening. You think there's going to be some movement about veteran players uh, night of the draft, or, or you think it would be status quo? Uh, I don't know about night of the draft. That was what happened last year was rare um, because usually great. teams are focused on yeah. the draft, right? That's great. Um, rather mm-hmm. than like all the other stuff. But I would imagine the week of the draft, there'll be some things. We may get a Baker Mayfield trade. Remember last year we got a Bridgewater trade. He was on uh, the You Uh, Never Know podcast. Hey, you got to listen to that. Baker Mayfield did a You Never Know podcast. Was that good? Are we literally just hearing clips right now? Like as we're sitting here, I'm getting clips sent to me from old Bruce Brown who's listening to it. I think he did speak about it all. Yeah, because that was what I heard initially was he was only going to talk about music. And I'm like, yeah, there's no way that anyone has him on the podcast and doesn't ask about football. Hey, guys got a golden ear. Guys got a golden ear. They call him Jimmy Iovine Baker. They say if he puts his stamp on it, fucking certified banger. Hell yeah. But yeah, he's going to talk. You think Baker maybe moved draft week, huh? You think people are going to try to be getting their final draft, you know, picks together? It just like, it just makes sense. Like, let's say, let's say the Carolina Panthers. Okay. And you, you want someone to compete with Sam Darnold. You'd like someone for the future. You want to just improve the quarterback room. Your options are take, let's say, Malik Willis at number six or Kenny Pickett or trade for Baker Mayfield. Well, you got to make a decision, right? So if you don't trade for Baker Mayfield, then maybe you're taking a quarterback. 
if you do trade for Baker Mayfield, okay, well, your quarterback room is set for this year only, and then you take the best position player you can, maybe a tackle, and then you move forward. So, like, we're going to get something on drafting. Same thing with Debo Samuel. Because if you're a team with a huge need of wide receiver, Colts. you know either he gets a deal in San Francisco or maybe they trade him. I don't know. Colts. But you need to do it by draft night just Colts to know Packers. what you have. Debo should come to the Colts. Patriots. Should he? Or the Packers. Or the Patriots. Patriots. Uh, the Colts could use, you know, they could use a receiver. And, and look, Ballard, I, I know he does not move as fast and spend as much wow. money as you would like. But he has done a big sign and trade before. DeForest Buckner. With the Niners. Mm-hmm. With with the Niners. That's interesting. Well, What are you hearing, Ian? Is there a chance Debo comes to Indianapolis Colts? Oh, Matt Ryan wow. and Debo? Oh, Matty Ice to Debo? Oh, God. Oh, slant. God, that's, bo- that's right in Matt Ryan's wheelhouse. Uh-huh. That is right there. Jonathan Taylor, too. Play action. Mm-hmm. Oh, my yeah. God. We can run that probably 15 times a game. Wow. <laughs> I love Debo Sam as a player. If he was on the coach, which I have no earthly idea is going to happen, I have not heard that. Um, but he'd be great. Because he's a great football player. Yeah, they traded Buckner for a first, and unfortunately, we don't have a first because Carson Wentz. Go ahead, Connor. Uh, yeah, rap sheet. Uh, Pistol Pete Traeger reported that the Panthers might be looking at Matt Corral now at the six overall pick. He's coming on later. Should we tell him he's full of shit, or have you heard the uh, same thing? You can tell him that in general. Um, oh, not geez. to this. Jeez. <laughs> um, but he knows. he knows. So, yes. uh, no, I, I would say from what I know right now, just and then we're three weeks out, so just understand that there's going to be some stuff flying around. Oh, really? About that would weeks. surprise me if he was taking that. Early. It's only that 15 days, me. dude. Yeah, two weeks, on. bro. Get off it. You're on the Pez high right now. Yeah. Yeah. We are two weeks out. Get, let's Wake let's up. get some news. Go. Let's start learning this about who. So, yeah. No, I'm just saying. So basically. The way this like Let's start. it's like a weird cycle. But the way it works is everyone knows everything and where these quarterbacks are ranked at the combine, and then everyone gets through free agency, and then everyone starts talking, then everyone gets in these buildings, and then it's almost like they re-rank them, right? So the public and we all kind of like there's rumors and you're like, oh well, I don't think Malik Willis is going number six, but maybe he is because I don't know, maybe the Panthers like you know. So like, there's all these rumors, but knowing what I know now, I'd be surprised if Corral went that early. Um, probably to me, if someone is going six, my guess would be it's Willis or Pickett. Those are probably the most likely to get drafted the earliest. Okay, Desmond Ritter's odds on FanDuel went from plus 3,000 to be the number one quarterback overall selected to plus 1,400. Whoa. Something just got cut in half. More things. This is what you're talking about, though, where things just start coming out, you know, in the middle of the draft time. but, But Desmond Ritter has done really, really well on this circuit. He is, that is so crazy that they move that much. How does that happen? They know something we don't. And, something. and certainly more than you know, he, this guy skiing, yeah. golfing. Munching yeah. on Pez. Harry Potter. Harry Potter yeah. Wizards. Pez dispensers. Yeah, I think he just met with the Seahawks. Maybe that. I don't know. We're very happy that you are a good guy and a great dad. Yeah. But also, you said it feels like we've moved fast to get to this draft time. I couldn't say the opposite more clearly. <laughs> we are. Really? Three and a half hours every day. We're talking three hours every day. There ain't nothing. You're in a Pez thing. Schefter's breaking every rule in the book of journalism. Yeah. That's right. I mean, Garofalo is doing his <laughs> thing. We appreciate that. But there ain't really much going on. No. Nope. Literally breaking yeah. news was like the USFL na- or at the XFL named their head coaches. Yeah. Let's go. Hell yeah. Woo-hoo. 
lot of ex-NFL guys. Who are they? I don't. Heinz Ward. Come on. Uh, Wade Phillips. You ever heard of him? You ever heard of oh, Wade, Wade Phillips, Ian? Rod Woodson. Bob Stoops, who was in the XFL right before here. Yep. And I believe there was some money still owed to him, too, from the XFL. That money got picked up <laughs> yeah. in the purchase. Anthony Becht, Jim Hazlitt, Reggie Barlow, and Terrell Buckley. No, Anthony Becht. West Virginia guy, tight end. He's going to have it all figured out. Nice. The Rock was on Get Up this morning. Hell yeah. He, was. he looked good. Uh, by the way, uh, kind of a big day for the West Virginia football program. Eh? Oh, yeah. Man, we yeah. got that kid from USC and the mailman. JT. He's a mailman. What's going on? I would like him to play quarterback at West Virginia. I think I don't know anything about this guy. Jude. Hey, Jim, put your seatbelt on. Put your seatbelt on. Jeez. Oh, jacked up on Pez. It's been just eating Pez for the last hour. And now, Max, you can come say hello. To What's up, time. Max? Hey, you should put your seatbelt on. Oh, the hair is awesome. Wow. Hey, look at the flow. hair in the rap sheet family. Dude. Wow. He needs he needs a haircut, and he will not get a haircut. <laughs> no, let that thing flow, Max. What up, Jude? What, what, are down, what are his hobbies? What are hobbies? Harry Potter, Pez? Uh, they like Harry Potter. They play a lot of sports. Lax. Really? Um, what lacrosse? Else do you guys do? Lacrosse? They like to read a lot. Nice. Uh, Jude plays lacrosse. Max plays baseball and soccer. Ooh. They all do a lot of things. Hey, good luck out there, boys. Good luck, boys. Enjoy your spring break. All right, enjoy your spring break. Last question here, as we know, Daddy. Ooh. Oh. Hey, try phone. that chalk, Max. Go ahead. <laughs> Put it in. Do you let them have actual candy? Hey. Wow. What's going on, dude? You let them have, like, good stuff? Uh, I mean, this is the best candy, as Reese's. we discussed. Oh, but they on, they like Reese's. they have other they do have other assorted candies. But you know, you gotta you gotta treat your kids right. So I make sure that they have the best candy. Oh my god! Sounds like a clown. Yeah. Childhood. Go ahead, Jake. Be in the draft. That's fifteen days away. Um, you know, I just curious. What's like the most intriguing thing that you've heard surrounding the draft here in fifteen days oh, away? Yeah. Now we got them loosened up with the yeah. kids too. Fucking let yeah. some shit out. Yeah. <laughs> so. The biggest question mark, the best rumor, is there are some teams that think a quarterback will go really, 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 really early. And by early, I mean like, I don't know, let's say the Lions. That'd be really early, right? That would be a surprise, and that would be really early. But there are some teams that are like convinced that that's going to happen. And based on where these quarterbacks are, just overall sort of ranking evaluation-wise, two would be very early. But if you think you have your franchise guide, none of it's too early, right? I mean, Trubisky went two at a time when most people didn't think he would. Bortles went three at a time when it was three. Yeah, I think three when nobody thought he would. So is it possible if someone's convinced? Yeah, but I don't know. Like, and that's my the draft is my favorite thing. Like, I I love it so much because oh, the intrigue and we're, we're going to find out. I am like, dying to know. Yeah, super wild is there part of the weekend. Oh, the best. Quarterback? What are you talking about? The draft's your favorite thing, Ian? You just the Super favorite. Bowl, Super Wild Card weekend. Favorite. Yeah. What about all that stuff? What, mm-hmm. There's like two teams about it's, to be for sale. It's, it's my favorite thing to cover because there's so many rumors and so many different storylines get woven into one, and then we just get to find out. I'm like, I would say this selfishly for me, mm-hmm. the ten minutes before the number one team gets on the clock. And it's so tense, and you can feel the energy in a building 
that is the best. Like, I love it. I love it. Okay, well, we're excited to see what you get right, what you get wrong. We got Mitt's Mock 3.0 today. I mean, it's a beautiful time, and we appreciate you taking time out of your kid's spring break. We'll send you Mitt's Mock 3.0. He's been studying the film. Send it. Send it. I'll I'll destroy it. Send it. Whoa! Jesus. Pour your booze on. We got sticks on today too to move Daniel Jeremiah. Oh, I'm yeah. excited to hear what oh, he's well, you'll get some. You'll get some actual stuff. Whoa! This kid Whoa! does his mock oh, draft. He's high society. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, big network Fucking knocking the independent guy. Yeah. Classic Brick. move. Kid that's high all the time can't uh-huh. make the mock draft. Unbelievable. All right. Anyways, uh, we appreciate the hell out of you, man. You're the best, ladies and gentlemen. Ian Rappaport. Yeah. yeah. Ty got a little heated about, you know, his Iowa hatred for Minnesota. We mm-hmm. learned a lot there, and I appreciate your opinions. Thank you. I would like that to be known that I do respect everybody's opinions when they're speaking it because there has to be some sort of reason why they feel the way they feel. With that being said, I'm PJ Fleck guy. Hell yeah. Ten things PJ yep. Fleck guy. Hey! 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 Fraud. It's like oil. We can't hear you because we're going to Fraud! We're all Minnetonka. That's what we're doing. I get on board with that. They don't do that. That's what they do. You don't know. Everyone's team does it, dude. Dude, that's what they do. And then. Remember, he introduced that to. Central Michigan. I he remember played the guitar. That's how I was introduced to PJ Fleck as a coach. He and Chandler Harnish, who was a teammate of mine, uh, were teammates, or he was a coach of his, or something like that, at Central Michigan. Western. Western Michigan. Yep. Same Western thing. Michigan. Same I'm thing. so sorry. Very. I'm very sorry. They all stink, anyways. Jesus. What's your problem? I'm just saying. What is this what? guy's problem? <laughs> Western Central Michigan created JJ Watt, Antonio Brown. Exactly. Oh, AB. Dan yeah. Fever. Cooper Rush. Yeah, bingo. Uh, Cooper when, Rush. When he gets a job at Western Michigan, he literally. Uh, he's like, all right, we got to start some traditions. And I watched his video, and he was like, when it's third down, this is what I want everybody to do. <laughs> he cut this promo from his office, filming it on his cell phone, yeah. and then put it out on Twitter. And it was him t- playing a boom, boom, boom. Everybody's going to put their threes up. And I'm like, who is this guy? This guy's the head coach of a fucking program. And was like, you would love him. You would love this guy. Good energy. I'm like, this video is amazing. Go on, fucking win. And guess what everybody's doing on third down out there? Boom, 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 yeah, they're doing it. PJ Fleck is a leader of men, a yeah. leader of cults, Hell a yeah. leader of universities. Yeah. 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 I've seen it since day one. Bingo. PJ leader of cults is right. Joining yeah. us now, IQ a member of a cult. Acting in like he's the first guy yeah. who's ever said, row the boat. He did. He was awesome when he came on this show, and then he just, yeah, he was. Where, what happened? Hey, PJ, we'd love to have you back yeah. on. Like, okay, Anytime. well, you, you know, he's not giving any motivational speeches. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thought that's what he does. Nah, the guy's a horse's ass. <laughs> Come on, Nick Carr mentality. Joining us now, listen. By the way, one Great of the greatest speech. speeches yeah. of all time. Yeah, yeah. it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Was like Play the hits. Play the hits, PJ. No, listen. What is the Play the hits. That's why this show is different than every other show. Okay, people think that we planned that and knew no. we were going to talk about PJ Fleck today. We did not. No. He's also they, a good fucking gambler. He is Great good gambler. gambler. Is he a good gambler? Because yes. Ty just said he's full of shit and he's not a good gambler. No, he's actually a champion. He is a champion. He's a gambler. He's not a champion. He's 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 a champion
good champion. And good gambler. Dude, how about he goes to Minnesota and they build him a $40 million facility? They go all in with this guy. Should have been yeah, $100 million then, facility. Should have been. They let us guy. work out. They let me work out there. Let's see what oh, you're saying yeah, about but, this guy. Yeah, he I was there. One. I don't remember PJ fucking walking around anywhere. You know why? Because he was yeah, <laughs> tricking some goddamn recruit in his living room saying, hey, guess what? We're going to go to the Big Ten Championship next year. We just need you to row the boat in the same direction that everyone else is. Okay? <laughs> Necked on mentality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know what I'd love actually Rome probably loves PJ Fleck what? but he is a clone no two ways about it PJ Fleck is a fucking clone <laughs> clone okay. not a good governor then let's go to Brad from El Segundo <laughs> joining us now is uh, a member of a cult we're excited to get his thoughts uh, the Ohio State Buckeye college football national champion Ohio State Hall of Famer, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Hey! What's this all about, dude? I did not know this was coming. This is really blindsided me. Poor P.J. Fleck. I'm a row the boat guy. I didn't want to even be added into this show. I don't want to be a part of this P.J. Fleck you, blasphemy. You guys just burying him. Ty, Ty going in on a lot of people here, I feel like. Well, listen. So you're on P.J. Fleck's team, yeah? You're a row- uh, I'm rowing the boat all day. Yeah, of course. Oh, you're, you're not. not. You are not. You're an anchor. Row the fuck. You fucking asshole. Come on, AJ. I wanted, I wanted to watch because whoever's working the camera, they're they're getting a sports Emmy next year because if it's Foxy, whoever did it, cut back to forth, back and forth of watching you and Tone row the boat. Like yeah. that person's got some quick well, hands. And Foxy's rowing yeah, I'm too. Rolling yeah. while doing yeah. that. Oh, guaranteed. Abby got us a sports Emmy. Now, well, I learned a lot. WWE people were like, uh, you would win a sports Emmy. What do you mean? I was like, well, we're not even fucking nominated. They're like, you got to nominate yourself. I'm like, well, that's, uh, I'm never going to do that. Not happening. What? <laughs> never going to do nominate that. These people nominate themselves? Well, their networks do. So oh, networks how come like, hey. YouTube didn't nominate us? How come Sirius didn't nominate us? I got a lot of questions. YouTube fucking videos aren't working. And they're telling us, yeah. oh, sorry about mm-hmm. it. Record it next time. It's not working. We'll be able to fix it. It's like, oh, thanks. Appreciate you, YouTube. That's very nice of you. Is there an internet Emmys? Should we create that then? Yeah, There's the, a Webby's. Uh, Webby's. Did, uh, Chris the, Webby's? Bro, we got the hashtag. The hashtag awards, dude. Shout out. Okay. Fox, you got to zoom out. Review. Bro, what are you? Ooh. Ooh. And what about all these fucking things? Ooh. Hey, Ty, the best thing is when Ty said, can't wait to watch him coach in Arkansas in three years, <laughs> making a ton of money. Like, that's a, is that his career path, Ty? Yeah, he'll go to the SEC. Maybe, <laughs> hey, it might not be Arkansas. Maybe he'll get the fucking Vanderbilt job and same deal. He'll go, you know, six and six, seven and six, but he'll this be This is unbelievable. This guy's just trying to make it in Minnesota. You know how cold it is? They built a whole facility. I mean, it's I was tough. Like, he put him back on the map, I feel like. Yes, he got yeah. college game day there. I mean, PJ, we're on your side. Don't no. listen to this Iowa. Fucking like bring Jerry Kill back. I don't know who that is. Former coach. He's having seizures, so they had to get rid of him. No. Is he all right? I think he's okay now, but... What, what is your what deal? Happened? No, that's a real thing. That's what happened. Okay, well, he'll Wait, be, what did he do? Jerry Kill, he was having seizures, seizures and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, and they were yeah, like, yeah, well... I remember that. They, oh, they ran him out of time. They didn't run him out of time, but... Big Ten is the most interesting conference. Best. Yeah. You know, there's always, you know... Terrible stuff just mm-hmm. seemed to be popping off around the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Why is that, AJ? You're a member of the Big Ten Hall of Fame. 
I mean, is that something that's exclusive to the Big Ten, or does that happen Kinda. around the country? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. You kind of live in Big Ten, uh, you know, the Big country. Ten area, so you have your blinders on, I feel like. Yeah, I'm very lucky to live in Big Ten country. I see how passionate everybody is, but... You know, every new piece that comes out about the Big Ten, you have to wonder about what the hell's going on in this conference. Yeah, SEC's a little different, too. They're paying players. In the Big Ten, they're doing horrible, horrible things. Well, they were. They're changing things, though. Hopefully. It's a whole new Big Ten. Ain't that right? Are are you talking about this that Penn State thing? Yeah. Well, not just that. I mean... The first Penn State thing back list. in the day? Which one? Reported on? Got a couple Penn State things. Yeah, I was going to say, stuff. things yeah. weren't changing. Nebraska! Micah Parsons has said some pretty despicable things about Penn State himself. What? What did he say? More recently, you what know, when he was coming into the draft, there were a lot of rumors circulating. Oh, jeez Louise. Hey, on, look, I didn't dude. say it. He did. Let's get to some, let's get to some actual football Jeez. stuff. Derek Carr just signed a three-year extension with the Raiders. $121.5 million. We don't know what's guaranteed and what's real and what isn't real at this point. Rappaport reported that. So now Josh McDaniel has got Chandler Jones in there. They bring over fucking Max Crosby for another four years, $98 million. Uh, Devontae Adams trades for $142.5 million. Derek Carr now $121.5. The IRS is looking into the books. Mark Davis is building a new house, and Las Vegas seems to be coming alive. How excited are you for the Raiders faithful that are about to have a squad, it feels like, in a very difficult AFC West? Well, they're about to have a squad and some also like really high-profile star players, too. So I think they're going to be a destination to go watch them play and I mean, Josh McDaniels, he won a playoff game with Timmy Tebow in Denver, correct? Against his first the Steelers, run yes. Mm-hmm. No, it was John Fox. So, was it? Yeah, McDaniels wasn't the coach. So. Oh, McDaniels wasn't there yet? Okay. right there on us. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. So that guy got fired after. He got fired before, yeah. Oh, thank you, Nick. Tebow was still the QB, but John Fox was coaching the team. McDaniels got fired before that playoff game. Wow. Oh, the defense wasn't okay. great that year. Well, I was saying he's got to at least get, get to a playoff a, game and hopefully win one this first year. Not good, yeah. He was so bad. He was so bad. He came out and said that he's trying not to make it like the Patriot way. So I believe there was a conversation that happened in cafeteria. Probably Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniel, Mangini. Joe Judge. Joe Judge. There was probably an entire you know meal that was had. And they were like, well, uh, how co- you, you think we all suck as head coaches? Like, what, what do you think took place? And Matt Patricia was like, I went in there and I laid out exactly what we do here. And they just refused to buy it. And they said, I lost the locker room. I was on a quad. I broke my ankle. I did my knee. And uh, nobody ever bought in. Joe Judge was like, I tried to do the same fucking thing. I didn't do push-ups and pads. Mm-hmm. I just got doing push-ups and pads, trying to instill a little bit of a, a disciplined culture and everything like that. And then you got Mangini there. I had him doing uh, Oklahoma drills at 6 a.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was trying to get that in there as well. And Josh McDaniel was like, oh, he should have heard what I was doing. I mean, we were filming everybody. I mean, that came out on literally uh, the uh, I Am Athlete podcast, mm-hmm. I believe, or the Pivot. Yeah. I don't remember we which one. That is 100% on me. We was cheating. Yeah, we were winning. <laughs> we were cheating. We were watching the film on everybody. And then maybe they had a like a waffle. Maybe they got through French toast. I don't know if it was a brunch or a lunch or a dinner. And they were having a full conversation. If any of us ever get an opportunity to be head coach again, let's fucking just not do the Patriot way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's do the complete opposite. So this morning, Deron Harmon said that he uh, he met with Josh McDaniels and he's trying to create a culture that is not the Patriot way. Uh, Peter Schrager reported. That's a brilliant decision. Probably a good idea because if you don't have a resume of 20 plus years of having success, the most amount of Super Bowls, the last living dynasty in the NFL and probably all professional sports, you probably won't be reviewed uh, or viewed the same exact way as like Bill Belichick being an asshole. I just, this is smart. This is a good idea by Josh McDaniels. I'm loving everything I'm hearing out of this. 
I, I would love to see like Josh McDaniel's plan that he has going in place because I did listen to him, I believe, at the Combine talk about why he will be a much better head coach now the second time around. He learned from all of his mistakes. Like, Don't you want to know the specifics of how he, like things that he may change from what he's been used to for 15 years with Bill or however long it's been? Well, me and Matt Patricia, we were talking about it, and uh, we actually, first team meeting, we pointed out the starting quarterbacks and said, you guys fucking stink. <laughs> okay, just like Bill did to Tom. Just like Bill did to yeah. Tom. We thought that was really going to set the tone. And then we didn't win like the next eight games and everybody kind of turned on us. So I'm not going to do that this time. It's going to be a little different. Not everybody's Tom Brady and I'm not Bill Belichick. So I'm going to do that. Like, I wonder what it is about the specific things that he tried or said or did. That he was like, well, I can't do that anymore. Hindsight's 2020. Now, he did get along with Mac Jones, right? Him and Mac got along oh, yeah. very well. They had a great relationship. And obviously we saw Mac and Bill have a pretty good relationship too, but I mean, he's probably what a players coach now. Like, is that kind of how know. you make that change? I don't know because is Bill Belichick not a players coach? No, uh, but players I don't love. Know. Him. Yeah, but he kind of. That's why Bill is weird though, because he kind of is. Like, remember it was it um, Spikes telling the story how like he, he's like Bill doesn't care about what you're wearing like in the meeting rooms or what you're. He said you watch him Gronk and these guys walk in in pajamas and doing walk through. As long as you don't make a mistake, Bill could care less what any of that stupid extra stuff looks like. So he treats you like a true professional if you're able to handle that. Well, and then there's some of those mic'd ups or whatever where he's just twirling that whistle, mm-hmm. walking around the door and warm-ups, like having conversations. It doesn't seem like everybody hates him. You know, it doesn't seem like that's the case. They don't, they don't seem to all be on – like they're they're scared to death that he comes near him, but I'm sure they are a little bit. I've seen some – I've heard some situations of non-player coaches – those players all hate the coach, and they're rallying together around their hatred, by the way, for the, like, hey, we all have a common bond here. What is it? Well, fucking hate that guy. <laughs> all right. And the assistant coaches, by the way, also. So I, I, I feel like the player coach, non-player coach thing, fascinating, but I would assume it'd be a much more friendly atmosphere than it was the last time he tried to be a head coach. You just... You would think that that would be the the decision that he would make to make himself a better head coach. Yeah, absolutely. And it feels like that was kind of a transition Bill even made at some point. Where oh yeah, like he they started smiling. started smiling. They started having linemen do like you punt. know yeah catch punts to to not run or whatever. But also, th- doesn't the uh, like everyone rally around the team together to hate the head coach work like sometimes back oh, yes. then. Because wasn't it the entire 1985 Bears documentary about how they just hated Ditka and they were playing for oh, yeah. Buddy Ryan and they won the Super Bowl? That happens in a lot of places, I think. Still? Not, not a lot of places. Mm-hmm. But in places, I think it still happens. Yeah, I think there's a pretty good amount of hate for the head coach in some places. Usually if you usually if you hate – like the, it's different if you said they're if they hate it. I don't know the situation, but allegedly they hate Ditka and they're playing for Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan, they, I'm sure they respect and think he's a great coach, but – if you just have a head coach you despise and no other great coaches, then you're really screwed. Yeah. How would you, you need a good coach in there somehow to rally behind to actually set you up too? What would your coaching style be? You'd be an asshole. Hey, listen. I don't think so, man. On. But it's hard not to yell when you get out there. It's hard not to like. Well, yeah. Oh, because you're coaching right now. You're you're, you're in. And it, yeah, multiple different sports I have. Yeah, and it's just I don't I don't during games I definitely don't practice it's easy to get frustrated but I, I, I'm super positive I believe that means you care games. right I mean if you're invested you care if I was to coach it would be alright well, I'm not yelling yeah I legit found that with my daughter like she likes being coached hard she thinks if I'm like hey good job hey guys don't worry we're gonna be fine I think she in her brain and she's told me like she thinks that's garbage and I'm just lying to them she's like don't why are you lying like, and she gets pissed and then if I'm Get, if I really coach her hard and get upset and tell her stuff, like, 
she responds better. It's a weird, it's well, a weird situation. She listens to her dad speak all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so her being super analytical, like, hey, don't give me that garbage. Yeah, she we knows. Yeah, sort yeah. through the bullshit. We just lost by 20. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Dad, let me know what happened to her. That's awesome. That's good news. She's going to go on to do whatever she wants, probably with that mindset. Yeah, we hope so. We'll see. Being able to be coach is a big deal, I think, too. Like, Being coachable? Are you kidding me? Hey, don't you like? I bet your wife appreciates. I'm sure you're very coachable. Like, if you tell me something or give me a list, I'm great at I'm great at accomplishing things that are easy like that. Listen, if you're right, I'm in. Okay, it's tough to get me on board if you're wrong, though. You know, and I'm not talking about with my wife. I'm talking about the coaching through the history of me with coaches. If you're right, I'm 100 percent all in. I will do it. If you can lay out. How we get to the success, I'm 100% in. But if there's a lot of, well, that does, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit. It's going to be tough to get me. It's going to be tough to get me. I've just always kind of been that way. But like Tom McMahon, for instance, he, other than my dad, my dad was like my first ever coach. Tom McMahon and I, I think he got me better than anybody. But I think it's because he was a good fucking coach. Like there's just different ways to go about doing it. I assume Josh McDaniels is just going to try a different style with this. But inevitably, you're only going to know one way. I remember I asked Rich Rodriguez. Yeah. He came back. He was offense coordinator for Ole Miss, and I was calling the Egg Bowl. And uh, as a commentator, you get to chat with the coaches and uh, the players before the game. And this is my first time talking to Rich Rodriguez since, I think, Coach Stu's funeral, which was a long time ago. And that was just a quick, hey, all right, all right, see you. And there's a lot, there's a lot that happened in there. So – my first question was literally like, all right, you took some time away and a lot of shit happened. You know, did you get a chance to reflect and uh, change anything about how you go about coaching? Because he's a, he's a t- he's a hard ass. He is a it is going to be tough. Like it is going to be. A, I, I have heard. Yes, it is going to be a difficult practice. It is going to be a difficult workout It's going to be a difficult everything. But he gets he wins everywhere. Everywhere he goes. Inevitably, he wins. People say at Michigan, he didn't. You give him another probably recruiting class. He's probably going to get that team 100%. going to do his thing. Same thing at Arizona. They were starting to go, and then he got caught up with a bunch of shit. So he wins games. So we have respect for him. He said, Pat, you know, I fucking took the time to look at myself as a man and as a, as a father and as a husband and as a coach. And I, I reflected, and then as soon as, I, as soon as that whistle got back in my hand, I realized I only know one fucking way. <laughs> and I just started dying laughing. I started dying laughing because I was uh, him trying to be kumbaya for like the first period. Like, all right, good effort, guys. <laughs> and then somebody does something. He's like, that wasn't a good effort, actually. That was a fucking horseshit effort. We were wasting everybody's time out here. And because you're not playing well, now everybody has to play bad. Do you ever think about that? This is a lot bigger than fucking you. Do you ever do that? And then he was probably, that's it. That's how I'm staying. And if you don't like it, I'll, like that is the type of thing. Like Josh McDaniels, will he fall back into the exact coach that he's always been, even though he's trying to do some things differently, or is he just critiquing some things? With that roster, they should be great. They should be very, very, yeah. very good. Yeah, it felt like when the last time he was a head coach, like the game itself was so much different. Like for Rich Rod, uh, like is it much harder when you're the head coach or you're the OC and you've always been a hard ass and it's like, all right, I'm not going to change my way. Whereas Josh was a head coach, kind of came back, got humbled a little bit, spent his time as an OC, almost went to the Colts to be a head coach and then yes. turned the plane around. And maybe even then he was saying, you know, I'm not ready for this yet because at least as of recent memory with the Patriots, he's never really been like a fiery, fiery guy like he might have been with Denver. Yeah, it seems to be super chill. Much more relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Other than fucking over the Colts. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Which, which was awesome. All right, let's talk about some other stuff going on around the NFL. Congrats to Derek Carr. Jeez Louise. We don't know how much is guaranteed yet. No, nah, we have no idea. It was just reported three-year extension, $121.5 million. 
That's a lot of fucking money. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 40 a year, mm-hmm. I think they say. Because J.C. Treader was calling for, you know, hey, now's the time for everybody to start requesting and demanding full guaranteed contracts because J.C. Treader said, did you know that guaranteed contracts are not included in the CBA for any sport, but we can make them the norm across the NFL? Here's how, based on what we can learn from the other major sports leagues, NFLPA post, it was an entire thing. Basically, he's saying that in the CBA for basketball, baseball, hockey, it's not like mandatory that these contracts be guaranteed. It's just how business has been done in those leagues for so long. In the NFL, it has never been the way business goes to give guaranteed contracts at a high level. Now, there's obviously been outliers and anomalies. Kirk Cousins did it years ago. Deshaun Watson just got 230. And the NFLPA is now pushing like, hey, more people should be commanding guaranteed money because that's the only thing that matters in any contract. It's been reported for decades what guys are signing for, and it's all basic bullshit. It is not real. So now is the time is what he's wondering. I wonder if Derek Carr got that memo, and I wonder how much of it is actually guaranteed because I think Stafford got like 121 million guaranteed, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Aaron got 150 guaranteed. Deshaun got 230 guaranteed. It feels like there has been a trend of quarterbacks getting guaranteed money, a lot of it. Quarterbacks is the key. Like, does anybody else, do we have any other contracts at any other position where someone's full, gigantic contract is guaranteed? And could you see this ever getting to other positions? Well, Tyreek, what's Tyreek Hill? 72.2, I think. Diggs got 69, I think. Devontae Adams? 70. Yeah, but when's it going to be like hockey or something where it's like, hey, you play your contract out or they have to buy you out? Yeah, I don't know. Hockey, notoriously bad business people. Yeah, that salary cap, too, makes even less sense than... Yeah, Tampa Bay's been cheating it the whole time and winning Stanley Cups. It's a bunch of bullshit, you ask me. They give they give 10, 11-year contracts in the NHL, though. That that used to be the thing. Sid got one, Ovechkin got one. They're capped now at eight. Yeah, they give long contracts. Long, long boys. So whenever those sign, it's a massive number, and I think it's fully guaranteed. But Nick, has anyone signed an eight-year deal and been bought out like two years in? No, no, not that soon into it. Um, there were a couple recently in the past couple years. I think David Clarkson was one. He signed a massive deal and got bought out pretty early into it, but not in the past couple years. None of them are like the NBA contracts. Those are awesome. No. NBA contracts are the <laughs> Those best. Super maxes. Yeah. Super max, mega max. So he stayed with his team, the home super duper trooper max. Yeah. Russ is making $45 million a year. Russ didn't know what was going on with him, Frank. You know? Yeah, what the mm-hmm. hell? Why did Frank like me? <laughs> yeah, what did he say? What Did he elaborate on that? I just saw the headline. No, I assume the internet let the jokes fly. Oh, yeah. Well, Russ, you were passing the ball 14 rows deep in the stance. You know what I mean? And you were shooting the ball off side shooting of I heard Russ is going to be back. <laughs> yeah. Huh? I heard he's going to be back with the Lakers yeah, next year. He, he, he has possible. to be, doesn't he, unless they trade him? Well, Matt Barnes told us that the other day, all the Smoke podcast host and yeah. ESPN NBA contributor. He, 14 years in the NBA uh, champion, uh, does smoke marijuana copious amounts. Oh, yeah. He said that they're not going to be able to move him. Like, he, he, they, they're stuck, basically. Can he agree? Can they do anything in basketball where he could agree to a restructured contract? Do they even do that? Can they do, like, the salary cap gymnastics that you have to do in the NFL? I wonder or if just you, ask him to take a – well, I never would. I don't think contract. guys no. in the NBA don't do that. No, yeah, why don't. would you? As soon as Guaranteed one, you never would have to, yeah. And as soon as one person does that, by the way – Right, then the NBA. and it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, there's no reason to like you got to pay me. No, you have to pay me no matter what. So. Well, that's like in baseball too. There was a guy the Orioles signed a first baseman, Chris Davis. He signed like a hundred and eighty million dollar contract because he had one good year, and then a couple years later, you know, he's batting like one fifteen, and they're just 
they're just hamstrung. It's like, well, you can't do anything because no one wants the guy, and you have to pay him. They just had to. That's play what the him. NFL wants to stay away from. Yeah. Yes, the NFL wants to stay away from uh, players having any type of leverage. <laughs> you know, yeah. Basically, I mean, that, pretty much the owners are not going to let this become the NBA. Well, there for a while, I think we realized the worth of star players, though. When they were thinking about doing, um, whenever the lockout was happening, there was never a conversation about shittier players, right? There was never a conversation about let's get shittier players in the NFL. It's like, nah, nah, we are going to keep these good guys. And then when they, they cut out celebrations and uniforms uh, and everybody was getting fined, you have to look the exact same, you have to act the exact same, you can't do anything. That's because the NFL wanted to be able to just plug and place people, right? So if they all look the same and nobody celebrates and nobody does anything or acts any different, other than the style of play and how good they are, we can just plug and place this thing forever. Players aren't worth a fuck. And then literally the game got worse because of there's no the entertainment value went down, the celebration, everything. Like It became a massive conversation piece and they had to change that a little bit they had to adapt so i think there was a concession by the nfl that star players do matter and that players do matter in this entire thing but in all business situations with the nfl they are trying to beat the player's ass at all at all costs that's what they're doing and they don't even know they got a rat they got a they got a wolf in the hen house yeah. mm-hmm. lying to them about their own money in their own meetings and they're fucking trying to attack us it's like if i'm the nfl pa I, the next time I walk into one of those meetings, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable. Is that you motherfuckers don't even have your ducks in a row, okay? Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. Before we even get in there, you know, like that is how the NFL business operates, AJ. Yeah, they should. And I guess the owners, yeah. I, I don't know what more the owners can do. Like, you can't sit there and can you talk in those, like the owners only them in the same room. Like, hey, man, we can't be doing this Deshaun Watson contract anymore. Like, they can't, can they actually, you think people will actually agree to it, though? That's at one per club meeting, yeah. I think that is what happens in those meetings. I, I think that's when they handle all the, like, because I assume there's no media in there. It's only one per club, right? And I, Goodell is probably in there. And then there's, hey, this is the meeting that, hey, everything that's going to be said. And this is what all the lawsuits and litigation against the NFL probably go against, right? Because the, um, like, when you, what, what is it, blackball? No. Uh, is that what it's called? Blackball somebody? Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. When you like basically put them on, like that happened with Colin Kaepernick. Right. I, I yeah, think yeah. we all very much understand that. I would assume at that one per club meeting is when it happens because nothing's being recorded. It's not a text. It's not a phone. They're, they're in a room all by themselves. I feel like that's when they do all that. Like the Bashadi conversation about the Deshaun Watson deal and then the Katie Taylor uh, of the Bengals conversation, that all came after that one per club meeting when everybody was like, what the fuck? All right, you can't do. I think that's when they air it all out. I don't know because I'm not in there, but I would assume there's some sort of strategy. Like this is the the Bilderberg meeting of NFL owners. What's that? Connor can tell you. No, I actually can't. I'm glued to my chair right now. Oh, I, I can't wait mean. to hear what this is. Yeah. I mean, geez, Louise. Oh no, I mean, I know it's just where a bunch of powerful leaders leaders around the world get together to to congregate and talk. I guess I don't know. Alex Jones is big on it. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're going to get okay. to a break. Okay. I'm just telling you, just give Chizzling. me a reference point, bud. All right, we're going to get to a break, but yes. It's Chisling. I would assume it is kind of like the Build-A-Burger. Yeah, sure. <laughs> very similar to Build-A-Burger. It's very similar to Build-A-Burger. You know? Well, that's where, you handle, that's where they handle the top secret business. Top like, secret? Or what happens in that one per club meeting? That's probably been a part of so many lawsuits. I mean... That, nobody, none of them ever. Does anyone anything? take? Does anyone take the minutes or anyone record anything? They like, have write to. it down. There, there's got to be some sort oh, of yeah. log of that somewhere. Yeah. Jerry, maybe. I don't know, man. Because you got to think about the what the seven hundred thousand emails they made a decision on that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Hey, listen, everybody needs to shut the fuck up coming out of here. Mark Davis was like, 
I do think they should fucking. <laughs> yeah. And then he put his backpack on, went back in the room, and Jersey, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> Mark. You shut the fuck I'm up. I'm going to take your fucking it. Game Boy. I'll do it. I'll take the batteries out. <laughs> AJ. Yep. Information regarding Derek Carr's contract is coming out. I guess it is not as great as it sounds, which is always the case with most NFL contracts other than Aaron Rodgers's. Now, Aaron Rodgers's was reported exactly for what the money is because he's Aaron Rodgers. That's right. And because there became quite a to-do about how much he was making, what he was making. We are finding a tweets uh, during the break there that I guess – uh, the truth is starting to trickle out regarding the Derek Carr deal. He could make as little as $24.9 million for one year, with the Raiders having the ability to move on in 2023. So it's a one-year $25 million deal, it sounds like, with the option from the team to uh, opt in or opt out, which is nowhere near as good as it originally sounded, $121.5 million for three years. No, especially when the team has the power to make the decision whether they – basically move on or not like it's not like Derek has an opt-out clause or something which by the way opt-out clauses are awesome and everybody should be negotiating them into all of their contracts because you have no idea what the world's going to look like one month from now let alone one year from now it should be mutually beneficial but also it should take care of yourself uh that's from Mike Florio pro football talk he's former lawyer he reads through all of these uh he reads through all of these things and somehow gets the information joining us now another insider another two-time sports Emmy nominated host ladies and gentlemen from Good Morning Football and also insider for Fox, Peter Schrager. What's up, dude? What's going on, guys? Yeah, Florio's great at that. I'm not that guy. I look at those numbers and I just I can't do the math and I just almost like defer that one. That's like my big weak spot. I don't know how to read the contracts or tell you the accurate numbers. I almost stray away or stay away from even reporting numbers because I know they're never accurate. And when they first come out, it's usually from the agent side and it's going to look as good as possible. So the agent looks like he did a great job. Okay. So I was about to ask you why you think it's been that way for a long time. That's definitely the case, right? The agents are the ones that do the deals. The agents are also the ones that would like people to know that they did the deal. And anytime you're negotiating a hundred million dollar contract, you should feel proud of yourself. That is something you should definitely take as, you know, like NFLPA too, though. NFLPA likes to have those numbers out there. Yep, it helps. And I'll tell you, the teams will often, when I break news, the teams will say, hey, we've agreed to terms with player X. Go with that. And I'll say, what are the numbers? And I say, we don't don't give the numbers. So very rarely are the teams going to be boasting about how much they're paying their guy, which leads to the discrepancy. And then usually a day later, the contracts are out. In this case, it sounds like Florio's got it today. And then you'll get the yeah buts and say, yeah, well, actually, if you look at it this way, and at the end of the day, it's like, these guys are all really wealthy. Do we really need to matter whether it was 24 or 25? Well, we do. Well, we do. Because the thought process from a player's perspective of their family, their friends, everybody they're going to encounter forever, business people, their life. Like whenever you see $121 million for another three years for Derek Carr, we immediately, I think everybody's like, oh, this guy is wealth, like super duper wealthy. And he is there. But then you start getting in uh, taxes and actual like clauses and what the money really is. I think it's just a different perspective on a lot of guys than what might be out there uh, from a human standpoint. With that being said, Chris Pronger, former NHLer, he's putting out multiple threads describing- Pronger's been great. Yes, have you read his his tweets about the business side of the uh, NFL? Because everybody saw that documentary broke. It's a very Mm -hmm. real thing because the numbers are very rarely what we hear publicly. 
No, and Pronger said, you know, I got all this money when I was 18. Fortunately, I had the right people around me and I didn't have that. He's like, but the biggest thing are the people within your little inner circle. And at some point, you got to turn the spigot off. And we learned, you know, Antoine Walker had that thing where, you know, he'd give out huge amounts of money and he'd make a $100 million contract, but he had nothing to show for it at the end is because his circle was so big. And those guys were almost on a retainer where we go to Vegas, I'm giving you a lot of cash and that's kind of what it's going to be. And that can't be forever. Yeah, and I can't judge anybody. I mean, if I didn't make the team my second year, I would have had zero dollars. <laughs> zero dollars. I would have had no debt. But, man, I had a good time. Went to Africa, went to Europe, oh, yeah. was down in L.A., New Mexico, <laughs> yeah. I mean, New York. I was having the time of my life. I was living living great. It's not as easy as everybody makes it out to be like, hey, take care of your money. Uh, and also, you got to stretch it forever. So I think that's why it's important. Anyways, let's get let's start talking football here. Hey, we saw Pro Football Focus's uh, what was his name yesterday? Uh, he has the uh, podcast. Trevor Sikama. Trevor Sikama. That's Sikuma. right. Hey, kid's got good air, good he energy. Good. Uh-huh. Yes, he did. He looked great. His camera was unbelievable, just like Collinsworth. The Pro Football uh-huh. Focus people have good at home cameras. They look un- amazing. He said he chatted with everybody that could be the number one overall pick. Are you guys talking about this on Info Network? Is there really a question mark on who's going? number one overall and how many people do you talk to we know you put out your one mock uh draft how many people are you talking to and what are you hearing about draft day yeah look aiden hutchinson has been what everyone's putting in pen as the number one overall pick but the more and more we get closer to the draft the trent balky factor becomes real and when i say that it's you look at balky's history with san francisco he took anthony davis over brian bulaga anthony davis was a project out of Rutgers. bulaga was a sure thing out of iowa Um, he's taken uh, guys like uh, Alden Smith over J.J. Watt and Robert Quinn. Alden Smith was awesome in his first few years in the league. But at the time when he drafted him, it was more about, hey, look at this guy's physical abilities. Wait till we get a load of him and he gets our coaching over guys like Watt and Robert Quinn and Cam Hayward who were more established. So there are better physical specimens in this draft than Aiden Hutchinson, and that is T- Trayvon Walker and, and Kayvon Thibodeau as far as pass rusher goes. When you just do the metrics of – that stuff, and year after year when he was in San Francisco, Trent Baalke took those types of players over maybe the more finished product. I also said this today on Good Morning Football, and this was not the Good show, out. good show. Great show. Show. Yeah. show. Thank you. It's really good. Um, it's you know, a sports Emmy nominated back to back. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Bro, yeah. we got nominated for an Emmy. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, Pat show on the back. The, uh, you know, Hutchinson, I talked to a GM and he's like, all these, you know, you see a big white defensive end wearing number 97. You're like, that's a Bosa brother. And it's it's not like oh, he's wow. not that player. Uh-huh. And the, the comparison that I was given is, you know, coming out, he's got Trey Hendrickson type qualities Ooh. or he's got, you know, TJ Watt when he first got in the league type qualities, which these were not finished products. And they weren't these like, you know, freak of nature, Micah Parsons. Nick Bosa type guys. So uh, be careful with the hyperbole in this draft. There isn't that unicorn prospect. And Aiden Hutchinson coming into the league isn't viewed necessarily by these teams as this absolutely slam dunk, no-brainer, 10-time All-Pro. Okay, got it. Shriggs, how do we separate what is garbage from what may be truth that's floated out there from here into the draft? We know we're going to hear a million different things. How do we know, like, is there any any clues we can look for on, hey, this may have some truth to it? Can you put, like, yeah. four periods in tweets that are bullshit, you think? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, it's funny. It's like um, I try to put out stuff as accurate as it is and from my handle and on, on our show. And I, I've said this before to you guys. Like, I'd like to think that the information I'm getting is pretty rock solid. But what we get now is a lot of tweets where it's like, I'm hearing this per source. And you don't know what that means and where that source is. And I'm not questioning some of those. 
Um, but even if you don't put those put, tweets out, huh? Shrinks? Right, you're questioning some of them. You don't put those tweets out. I do. I do. Okay. Like I, I have from a very good source okay. that you know okay. Jamison Williams and Garrett Wilson are potentially top ten picks, and they're wide receivers. You don't see them wow. going top ten in mock drafts. I'll put that out there because it's good content and it lets you noodle sure. on things. But those come from teams in the top ten who are like, we've got these guys really high on our board. So I feel confident with doing that. But when you start getting, you know, the the second round prospect being, you know, I hear he's going top five or. Gosh, I hear that this team loves this player, and it's well. Where are you getting that from? So it's got to be careful. Trust who you trust, and over the years, I think there's track records as to like who knows that stuff. Now, when I hear like, is this prospects rising up boards? Be skeptical of that because a lot of times these teams had those players at that point in the boards. It just wasn't on the mock drafts to do that way. So you said trust who you trust. It's like that's I think that's changing every day, Shrakes, isn't it? I, I mean, who do you isn't it changing every single day? Who do you trust? Yeah, who do you listen to? Who should we be thinking about from Shrake's mind? Who he trusts? Who he trusts? Right. Who do you right. trust? Are you asking? Like, all right, so my colleague, who you're having on the show, like Daniel Jeremiah, this guy is really plugged in and worked in front office. Yes, here we go. That's I listen to what he says. You know. Okay. Over the years, uh, McShay and Kuiper have pretty good track records about what they're saying when these things come about as far as, hey, this is where this guy is being projected. Maybe not team for team, but like, I, I feel like when you put your name out there and you're on these national television things, like you can't have these huge whiffs, so you want to be as accurate as possible. When maybe you don't um, have it and you're up and coming and you're like, I'm going to do it. You could be right. You could hit home runs, but it also gives you the the you know the chance of, of taking a big swing and a miss. Like, I, I've had big misses before, and they were younger on in my career, and I'd like to think I don't Who? have as big a misses. But, like, well, yeah, well, I thought Matt it? Barkley was going first round, and, like, a lot of people told me he went fourth round. Like, I thought Connor Cook was a first-round pick, and I had him in a mock draft going first round. Bad information. He went fourth round. Like, that kind of stuff sticks with me, and I don't like making those mistakes. Is that shoot or shoot, man. Yeah, and it's also, is that because you're scouting or because what you were hearing from people? Yeah, and, and that's that's where I get in the problem of the scouting thing for the beginning part of my career. A lot of times I'd be like, here's well, I don't see why he's not. He won Rose Bowl MVP. Connor Cook is a first-round yeah, pick. When yeah. None of that shit matters. It's, it was so well, good. Let's go back to what I do. It's I'm a reporter, and that's, that's where I kind of have more accuracy when I just report on what I feel like I'm hearing and not when I'm trying to be Mr. GM. AJ, you're right. Shooters do shoot, but mm-hmm. we need to not shoot blanks, you know, especially whenever people got to talk about it for three hours every single day. Yeah. You know, some yeah. people do that. You'd like to be right. Mel Kuyper, hey, Shrags, you've all, hey, for us, you've always been right, dude. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. And if you're wrong, we don't want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, Mel Kuyper didn't even know what position I was getting drafted to play. You know, he actually said that I was going to be holding Adam Vinatieri's bags and watching him kick on the practice field. I was like, well, I'm getting drafted to be punter. I was surprised by it as well, Mel, but I would have wished that you would fucking have. I'm almost trying to ruin my goddamn draft day, this guy. <laughs> yeah, literally, I'm hugging my dad, having a moment. I like, we did it. We were doing this. It's out of position. We don't know. We'll figure that out later. And I got Mel chirping in the back. This guy. Some people. He's going to be holding Vinatieri's bags. Wrong position, you fucking asshole. Yeah. I actually liked you before this whole thing. I heard you like pumpkin pie or whatever. Oh, yeah, man, yeah, whipped cream. Yeah, no, I'll get past that. But it's an interesting game because there is a lot of lies. Go ahead, Ty. Shregs, we're hearing a lot about Debo Samuel potentially uh, being traded by the 49ers and that Shanahan, they'll they'll listen to any offers. Uh, is there a chance that he actually is going to maybe get moved on draft night, especially with the Niners not having a first-round pick and wanting to get back into uh, the first round, or is that just all bullshit? All right, the Niners love Debo Samuel, and they love what he's about, and they love that he bounced back from an injury last year and played the way he did, and uh, he's a very valuable piece. But here's the here's the, the fact I've been told multiple times by people in the know. It's like, 
the Niners have a long history of they, they pay their guys when they think it's time to pay their guys. Like George Kittle had to wait till August of his contract year after having a Super Bowl awesome season. Uh, last year, Fred Warner is like the ultimate guy. They love him there. He's like the, the most beloved player. He waited until July to get his. And, and you know, you go down the list, whether it's Juszczyk or whether it was Trent Williams or whoever you want to go towards in that building who has gotten those new deals. They all did not just say, I want to get paid now and get paid now. They had to wait. And Nick Bosa's contract's coming up also. And I don't know how you value Nick Bosa versus Debo Samuel or however it is, but it becomes this thing where it, I, I use the same analogy with Kyler Murray. It, you know, Just because you say you want to get paid now doesn't mean they're going to just pay you now. And I think they will figure this out and they will take care of Debo Samuel, but it might not be on Debo's timetable. Now, if he's got the leverage and the – and the confidence and the chutzpah, if you will, to say, I'm oh, sitting oh, out, I'm holding okay. out, I'm going to push a mensch. That's yeah. a good word, you know, <laughs> to my Yiddish. Um, yeah. If he has the courage to do that and say, hey, I'm, I'm holding out unless you give me this deal, well, then that pushes the envelope and makes them make a decision. But I don't see the Niners tripping all over themselves to pay Debo just because of a couple of tweets and unfollows on Instagram. All right, let's follow up uh, with that. He, he was in a picture, obviously, 25 million was the number. Is that becoming just a new thing, what you're hearing from wide receiver market? And how are teams going to, because you obviously have a lot of friends in the team's position, knowing that if you pay a quarterback, you're probably going to have to pay a wide receiver too because those two are coming mm -hmm. together. Is that just a new lump sum that they're figuring out? Because unless, unless you're Green Bay who says, yeah, we're not. Or your Kansas City. Who it's going to get interesting on draft night. Mark Murphy said yeah, that. Yeah, he did. Making moves. Or get the ball. Kansas City, who says, eh. Travis Kelsey, $100 million. Yeah. You're 29 years old. Let them deal with that right now. We'll, we'll roll the dice with what we can get in the draft, and wow. we'll take that you know, that $80 million, and we'll spend it elsewhere. I, it's like You see teams like the Dolphins and the Raiders and the Bills, who double down with Stephon Diggs, and they're like, we're all in. Then you start looking at that, like, is Terry McLaurin that next guy? Is is it DK Metcalf? And you wonder, like, some of these teams are going to be like, I, I don't know. And if I can get two first round picks, maybe I can do that because the Vikings were facing this with Stephon Diggs, and they traded him and essentially got the twenty second overall pick. And as good as Diggs has been for Buffalo, I think a lot of Vikings fans would say, Hey, we're pretty happy with Justin Jefferson on the rookie contract too. Yeah, well, you're going to have to pay him. The the whole uh, conversation about Carson Wentz not having any, allegedly no car, uh, competition from the commanders for the Colts to get Carson Wentz. So I don't know if Ballard just played his cards right or if that was a complete bullshit report. But nonetheless, a lot of people were saying, like, we would much rather have almost Heineke on a $2 million salary or $4 million salary than Carson in a $30 million salary. And we would rather, some one other executive said, we'd rather have Baker Mayfield on his 8 or $9 million salary than Carson Wentz on like a $25, $30 million salary. Money is the decision being made post that first week of free agency tampering period, you think? Is that the decision in every single, single uh, conversation? Yeah, but there's also, as you guys know, the you know there's ways to to fudge the stuff, and you can front load contracts and restructure the Saints. Oh yeah, because the cap's fake. <laughs> Not fake, but there's oh, ways well. to manipulate it. Oh, and like oh, well. the Saints oh, have a guy named Kai okay. Hartley who's in their front office. He's their salary cap guy, and he restructured about ten deals in 24 hours. Uh, there's a guy, Mike Greenberg, in Tampa, salary pack, salary oh, yeah. cap guy, restructures everybody. Hey, Greenberg's that dude, by the way. Oh yeah. Man. Greenberg's the man. Um, and then you go team by team. It's not just the GMs who scout the talent. You also have the salary cap guys who their whole charge is to make it work. So in Kansas City, a guy like Brant Tillis, that's his name, and that's what he does. Like 
he's working the numbers all day long to make sure we can make these deals happen. So yes, uh, the money matters, but if you've got a real savvy person at the switch, you can figure out a way to pay them later, get rid of some guys that we can pay others more. And there's always a way to kind of kick it down the can, can down the road to make it work if you really want to win this year. Now that'll inevitably catch up to them. Yeah, inevitably you got to pay the piper. And when, like, when, like in a shell game, for instance, when people are embezzling money or doing whatever they're uh, doing, there's like a shell game. I, I got a chance to watch a Ponzi scheme, uh, not watch, but kind of learn about because it was taking place here in Indianapolis, where somebody would buy a house, uh, like an investment. You would buy a house. Uh, I'm a realtor. You'd buy a house. And I'll be like, hey, I'll sell this house in like two weeks for 10% more, just need this money. And then boom, you would sell uh, another house that was basically owned by you to another owner. And then inevitably, you, when you run out of houses, you run out of, of the game. So that's how you kind of get caught up there. Is that what it is? Like when you run out of years on these contracts, yeah. when you run out of players, when players yes. retire or get hurt, like how do you get, how do you get fucked? At some point, you're Joe Shane of the New York Giants, and you look at your books and say, we've got $40 under the cap. What the, what's going on? Yikes. And then you have to not resign guys, and you have to cut guys, and you have to restructure contracts. At some point, the bleeding has to stop. Now, the Rams, you know, they keep on kicking the can down the road a little bit, but they're doing it with short-term deals so that there's relief. It's these teams that continue to sign guys to huge deals, and then they have the dead cap money. Like, all these teams, they do have to pay the piper eventually. When Brady's gone from Tampa, it's going to be some dark times. Like, they, they put themselves in a good space for 2022, but at some point, all that money is going to have to be paid. Oh, you're saying when he goes and owns the Dolphins? Mm. Yes, when he goes and joins Bruce Beal and they own the Dolphins and they go and they and Sean Payton's the coach. Yes, then. How come we didn't hear about that? I don't know. I don't know all the details. I'm reading the same stuff you are. Um, and, and really, I go by reality and all that stuff is speculation. And. Uh, you know, I think the reporting is good from Ben Volan, Boston Globe, and I think Florio's been on it. Violent. I gotta be honest though, as a reporter, I haven't been able to to, to dig in on all that. Yeah. And uh, when you've got multiple people saying those stories were in the works, and that the Brian Flores lawsuit is what held that up, um, I would not say that's an impossible story to believe. Well, I would like to let everybody know, if Tom Brady becomes Jackie Moon, I'm all about it. Yeah. Sorry about it in Tampa. Sounds terrible. And we do love the Tampa Bay Q Gronkineers mm -hmm. and the city of Tampa Bay. But if we have a player-owner coach going on, I'm excited for the times ahead. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Shrakes, you mentioned Kyler and the Cardinals. We know that you're best friends with Cliff Kingsbury, so we know that you know the answer to this. Is Kyler going to get paid in the next two weeks like he asked before the draft? Or, or is we that, got FaZe Clan. Yeah, is he, is he just gaming with FaZe Clan playing Love Fortnite FaZe. all year? Love FaZe Clan. Great gaming team he's on. They take care of their people. Um, I Congrats to destroying, by yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fan. Um, sorry about that. I, I don't know if he will. To be honest, Whoa. I don't know. I don't know if Kyler's getting paid. I, I don't know where they are with it. I honestly don't. And as of the last time I spoke with Kingsbury, I know talks were ongoing, but I can't tell you that that's going to happen in the next two weeks. And if it does, great. But I also didn't know Derek Carr was getting his contract today either. So uh, it, that, that's how that goes. I'm sure talks are ongoing. Um, I'm excited to see how Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals feel about Derek Carr's contract that just got signed as opposed to like Deshaun Watson's mm -hmm. contract that mm -hmm. just got signed. Lamar Jackson, he's waiting for at least a couple more contracts for quarterbacks to be signed after this. Derek Carr won allegedly only $24.9 one year and then team opt out after that via Mike Florio mm -hmm. profile. Football talk. He's very good at lawyering and reading through all that stuff. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Former lawyer. That's his thing. Three stooges right here on the screen. Do not understand the works of NFL contracts, but we know most of them are bullshit. Go ahead, Tony. Shregs, how come you're talking about Matty Corral, number six overall? 
Yeah, there, there's a lot of heat around him. And, uh, and and when I say that, it's now people are like, all right, he was injured at the combine and you didn't get a good look at him there. So the buzz wasn't there, but he's now meeting with teams. And this is kind of one of those late, like those those late risers as far as the buzz goes. Mm-hmm. At Ole Miss, was very talented, played for Lane Kiffin, um, was at Long Beach Poly, where he, he was a, a standout in Southern California. Oh, yeah. And then has been has been wonderful in these interviews, and his health has checked out 100%. So everyone wants to make this a two-quarterback draft between Willis and Pickett as to who's going to go first. This is such a weird draft where there's some late buzz about Matt Corral and you know enough good coaching that he's had over the course of his life that he potentially could be the sixth pick to Carolina as well. Um, where they're meeting all the quarterbacks, and I know Pickett's there right now as we speak. As we wrap this conversation up, we uh, thanks for that information, by the mm-hmm. way. As we wrap this up, uh, are you are you in a hot box? Right? Are you smoking right now? Mm. Are you in heaven right now? Are you in clouds right now? Is it foggy? Yeah, nice. I have a nice light going on right Whoa, here. Oh, it's a good hue. Smoky. Mm-hmm. It's good hue. Good smoky hue. I'm not like AJ. I do not have the cigar. I love a macanudo. Um, Ooh. I, yeah. Cigar guy. What do you, what do you yeah, smoke? Do you have an endorsement deal or we're not allowed to do that without it being, you know, what's your, what's your smoke of choice? I have a couple of different I like. I like anything medium, mild, Connecticut wrapper, really. Oh, I'm not, I don't like Yikes. fancy. I don't like the good expensive stuff people bring you. Okay. Respect. Um, I'm just in my room with good natural light right now, but that's that's the answer to your question. All right. Well, listen. I assume you smoke really high, flute and tootin cigars. Yeah. 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 Yes. I go to the Havana room. Emmy cigars. Yes. I go to the Havana room. I got my locker. I got my cigar. I'm not a big cigar guy, but that is a huge deal here in New York. And let me tell you something, AJ's. You know, cigar guy likes to talk about his cigars. Oh yeah, they're very <laughs> vegan. yeah, they're like vegan folks. Yeah, it's vegan, awesome. Vegan, CrossFit, um, what? Uh, definitely Scotch guy, and what? then uh, the <laughs> IPA the, guy, uh, yeah, Golden yes, Sachs guy. Yes, and then there's the craft brewery guy, yeah, which is yeah. a whole other. Oh, thing. Well, listen, it ain't nothing compared to the Pez dispenser guy. Come we on. met one of those earlier, <laughs> yeah. and it was Absolute a break. wild scene. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you so much for your time, Peter Schrager. Thank yeah, you very much. One half of the hammer, Don. Cowboys Ted Diggs is here, and I think it's the perfect time to do, you know, season three, episode two yes. of the sports show that's captivating the globe. With Tony Easters, today is your host, ladies and gentlemen, T4, Tony Buckets, Tasty Tournament Time! Thank you, Pat. No problem. We had two really nice games last night. Good finishes in both. Cavs covered the nine and a half. Uh, KD and Kyrie both went off, which seems like that's something that they're going to have to do. Um, there was some night. Bruce Brown for the Nets had a nice mm. little night. Um, and then in the nightcap, you know, the Clippers were winning. They were winning. They were winning. And then those pesky T-Wolves, Tony Edwards, fucking Pat Bev, Ooh. they won. They got the seventh seed there. Um, it was really an incredible night of basketball. And then tonight we got Charlotte going to Atlanta. The line there is five and a half. Um, I think I've switched. I think I'm going to take the uh, favorite there. I think I'm going to take the Atlanta Hawks there. You know, they – I don't want to bet against Trey. That guy's got experience, you know, so I think I'm going to go there. And then the nightcap, Spurs plus five and a half 
at the Pelicans. As we said yesterday, I cannot go against Jakob Hurdle. I will be taking the dog plus five and a half there. Okay. Jakob's a player. Jakob yeah. yeah. very skilled big man. Hey, AJ, did you learn anything in there in that uh, episode two of season three, T4, pal? I did learn a lot, and I actually watched a little bit of uh, the Timberwolves last night. I saw D'Angelo Russell took over right yeah, before halftime. Pat Beverly looked amazing. It was a fun game. Alex Rodriguez was doing it. Yeah, he shredded again. He was good. so good. He could still swing that bat if he had to. Oh, he's, yeah. So he's just owning like apartments and basketball teams, and they're back in the playoffs, and they're celebrating, and people are mad at them for celebrating. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't like that at all. No. Get in the fucking playoffs. Yeah. The playoffs? playoffs? Yeah, they're in the playoffs. Let them celebrate. You know what I mean, AJ? I guess so. Like, have people not done this in the past? Well, I think it's because how how hard they celebrate. You know, they they celebrated mm -hmm. like okay, they they won a playoff game. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they, and they, they did. They did. They should have been as happy as they were. But people were, you know, mocking how happy they were just to do that. Which I think, anytime you're knocking people's celebration, you need to fucking cool it. You know what I mean? Honestly, if somebody's having a good time and they're happy, why are we mad about it? Why are we mad about it? You know what I mean, AJ? That's a great point. They may go on a run and win it all. We don't know. They we come. don't know. Anthony Edwards, the guy's a player. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick Beverly was emotional as I fucked those Clippers, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe they go on a run there. I'm excited to watch the NBA uh, playoffs and keep up with season three here of T4. Hell yeah. Can't wait. Uh, joining us now is a man who knows a lot more about the NFL draft than anybody else. You heard Peter Schrager, who's a two-time two -time sports Emmy-nominated uh, host of Good Morning Football, say that the people that he trusts yeah. in this whole game of a bunch of Bullshit on who's getting drafted where. One person and one person only. Daniel Jeremiah. Ladies and gentlemen, move the sticks, Daniel Jeremiah. Yeah! Move the sticks! What's up, dude? What's going on, man? Hey, Peter Schrager. Big time. We asked that him. That was nice. Because he, he told us with like a straight face, he said, you know, in this business, at this time, around the draft, you got to trust who you trust. It's like, what the fuck does that mean, Schrager? Like, we, that's what we were asking you. Like, who who should we be trusting in this whole thing? And he said, all right, you, I trust Daniel Jeremiah more than anybody because you're a former scout. You're plugged in. You watch all the film. You're part of the combine coverage. You guys killed it, by the way. Yeah. Uh, thank you for everything. It's Super Bowl season for you, though, right now. How do you pick apart what's noise and what isn't? How do you pick apart, like, who has better sources in different places than you? Are you constantly learning or are you just always dialed in this whole thing yeah i keep track kind of over the years of, of who you got good stuff from and who is kind of leading you down the wrong path one one thing i have realized is that you can get way better information early on in the process so i got to the point where i if you talk to reporters you guys have you know when people are when you're talking to them and they're like banging on their computer like oh my god he's trans he's transcribing everything that i'm saying right now so i don't want to do that but when we finish up conversations, I might just write some notes down or something. Just hey, early on, they don't really like this player or that player. Or they, you know, they like this position, uh, stuff like that. Then at the very end, you try and put it all together. But like sometimes you randomly fall into stuff. Like I remember when Lamar Jackson was coming out. Uh, I was talking to my buddy with the Ravens and their personnel department, and I'm like, dude, uh, you know what's going on? And he's like, I just picked up my son from little league practice. So we talked for a long time, like 10, 15 minutes, and I just go, I said, hey, uh, I said, how, how are you doing? How's Little League going? And his son goes, oh, we had a good game, Mr. Jeremiah. We're doing really good. I said, who's your favorite player in the draft? He goes, Lamar Jackson. I should have I known. I should have known right there. You trust the son. He's honest. He doesn't know how to lead you down the wrong path. That's he's listening. Yeah. He's stuff. listening, yes. too, at night. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You can get information from anywhere. Go ahead, AJ. Dan, do you keep any kind of scorecard on your sources for people to, to compare? Like, okay, hey, what they told me last year was right. What they told me the year before was garbage. Like, do you keep track of that? 
Yeah, and, and sometimes it's not really even like where they go if you get that right in terms of where they land, but sometimes they steer you down the wrong path on on the players, you know, just in terms of, hey, I, I want I watched my tape myself. I'm going to evaluate the player, but I'm going to rely on teams to kind of help me out if a guy has a medical situation or if maybe there's some type of a character flaw that teams are aware of, some type of a, you know, off the field incident that I'm that I don't know about. So there's been times where people that I know had that information and when I've talked to them, they didn't they didn't relay it to me. You, you know, smack them in the mouth. You smack them no, in the I'm mouth. Just, like no, it's just like I'm not going <laughs> to ask you for anything more like that anymore. Like I just you, you kind of screwed me over on that. So that's when I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll kind of move on to the next guy in, in terms of that. I'm never going to sell anybody down the river. I'm never going to put bad stuff out on kids in terms of that stuff. But it just helps me when the guy's dropping in the draft to be able to say on television, like, hey, you know, there's some stuff teams are sorting through on this guy, and that's why he hasn't why he hasn't gone. How come in this smoke uh, season, basically, here, you know, behind yeah. who's going to get drafted where, when bad stories start to come out and then that person gets drafted, inevitably in the end it's like, oh, that was all a bunch of bullshit. Like Tua, for instance. Tua, yeah. right before the draft, I mean, Tannenbaum, who's the former GM of the Dolphins, mm-hmm. friends with the Dolphins owner, he comes out and he goes, can't draft this guy top five because of his injury history. So we have to automatically go like, well, what is he hearing from the Dolphins that maybe we're not? And then there was other stories coming out about his leadership and his personality, and it's like, who is leaking that information? Is that the Dolphins themselves saying that so that they can get some – some bad pub for him so they can get him. And like that dirty game that happens as well, is that still a thing? And who do you think is mostly the culprit of doing that type of stuff? Well, first of all, I think it's just kind of lame. I mean, like, yes, we do too. It's just dumb. It's just dumb to try and do that. I I don't think it's fair to the kids. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's super ethical from a team standpoint either. So uh, one of the things I would say is that like the older guard, it was less information got out with the older guard of GMs. But you were actually – it was more useful information. Like it might just – one little kernel of nugget would, would slip out there and then you knew like, okay, this is probably true that they feel this way or they're going to do this, that, or the other. The younger GMs have actually realized the key is not to, to make sure nothing gets out. The key is to put everything out so there's so much confusion and so much information uh-huh. that, that you don't have any clue of what that team's going to do. So I, I think this younger generation of general managers actually talks more to the media than any of the older guys ever did. Oh, and they kind of play the game. They get it, too. And then yep. they burn bridges with guys like you, and you're like, well, I'm never doing this with you ever again. <laughs> you completely <laughs> lied to me. Yeah, that's rude. That's not how we're going to do business. Hey, that's, a, that's what we had to do. Looking at this draft, Aiden Hutchinson won. Trevon Walker going over uh, over top of him over the next two weeks. Uh, Schrager said it's Trent Baalke conversation, I guess, like whether yeah. or not he wants to get somebody with the most upside. Whether that's Aiden Hutchinson or not, we don't know because – I mean, who knows anything about any of this? But is it pretty laid out here on who's where? Do, do most mock drafts have it right here, you think? I, I don't think anybody knows, really. I mean, I, I, I do think that it comes down to those two guys. I, early on in the process, I thought Jacksonville might take a tackle. Um, but then they go out, they, they tag Cam Robinson. They go out and bring in Brandon Scherf. They've kind of addressed that offensive line. And I just feel like to kind of get that impact that they want, I think you look at pass rusher, and it, it comes down to those two guys. Now, for me – it's. I like Trayvon Walker and what he can become. I can. I kind of hope and wish on that. I feel like I know what Aiden Hutchinson can do. I've seen it. I, I know he can be a dominant player. He's a. To me, he's a no-brainer. First overall pick. You're not going to miss on him. And I think when you've been through everything um, that the Jags have been through over the last year, 
I, I just don't want to hope and wish. I want to know. And I feel like Aiden Hutchinson, to me, is that pick that's just right in the middle of the fairway. Don't overthink it. Is he the only one in this draft class that is like a sure thing in everybody's eyes, you think? Well, ever since I, I, I think I, when I was with the team, I was with the Ravens, and I said Aaron Curry was the surest thing of all surest things, and he was a total bust. I've stopped using that phrase, uh, but this dude's this dude's pretty safe, man. Like he is, he is, he's rock solid. When, anytime you have the athleticism plus the production, the makeups off the charts, everything. Like I don't know what he doesn't have, other than you can say, well, he wish his arms were a little bit longer, um, but it, it hasn't been an issue for him. So. I think of other guys, like I think Sauce Gardner, the corner from Cincinnati, is a really clean player because he's got everything with the, the size, the, the athleticism, the you know the fluidity, the, the playmaking swagger, he's pre- the confidence. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it, man. So I, I'm a big fan of his game, and I, I think outside of those two guys, you could really kind of poke holes in just about anybody. Dan, if you had to predict anything that happens in the first maybe top five to ten picks like anyone trading out could you see anybody trying to jump inside the top ten like any kind of chaos what that you, you think may happen what are you hearing Dan? I, every, everybody i talk to wants to go in reverse i haven't found anybody that's in a hurry to go forward in uh, this could get interesting and, mark it, murphy yeah. hey. so we'll, we'll see <laughs> you know we'll see what happens usually when you have you know trade-ups you're talking about quarterbacks and it you know it just comes down to where everybody feels on these dudes so if you get somebody that loves a quarterback the carolina panthers are picking at six that I know some people have mentioned Detroit with a quarterback early. I don't know that I'm I'm buying that necessarily. Oh, okay. So if you want one, man, you think that that uh, Carolina might take one at six, then you got to get the five. And everybody that I talked to said the Giants would love to get out uh, of the fifth pick. So uh, that would be kind of a an opportunity spot right there. I don't know if there's a quarterback really kind of worth it uh, up there in this draft. But I was looking at some numbers. We were talking about it earlier today uh, with Bucky and looking at the. When you see these contracts, like you look at what Derek Carr just got, and you look at what these wideouts have got, like put that in context. If you look at the fifth pick last year, that that pick was a four-year contract for thirty million bucks. So that's a seven-point-seven average. So if you like one of these quarterbacks, um, dude, seven million bucks for a starting quarterback for the next four years plus a fifth-year option pretty darn uh it's pretty darn enticing hey wide receiver as well you know I, I absolutely get, yeah because wide receiver if you think there's a top of the line wide receiver which i guess a lot of people yeah. are hearing that two out of ohio state are potentially going top 10 or whatever or two out of this class going top 10 from numerous different sources if you're getting a top high-end wide receiver they're about to get start getting paid 20 plus million dollars all of them mm-hmm. like they're, they're Dude, about it's to start, like it's like it- it's like right below court. Like court, it's going quarterbacks, and then you have some some edge rushers. But uh, Hopkins' average is like twenty seven million a year. Then you look at what Tyreek just got. You look at what Devontae Adams just got. Like look at the Packers. The Packers are picking twenty two and twenty eight. Those numbers last year, the the AAV was was three point three million a year. So I, I mean, I'm not saying I need like Traylon Burks from Arkansas to to be Devontae Adams, but goodness gracious, it's Traylon Burks plus twenty four million bucks. That you can go, you know, spend elsewhere on your roster. That's what some of these teams are looking at. You're talking as a front office member, which is what you are, but that's a real thing. That happened, uh, and I want to ask you about this because you might have heard this as well. And I asked um, uh, Peter Schrager about it, but he didn't follow on. It's not about the draft. The boys will ask you more draft questions. But did you hear anything? Because I've, 
my respect for Chris Ballard is about to go through the roof, maybe, if this yeah. is true. Did you hear that there was zero competition for Carson Wentz and Chris Ballard was able to, to unload the entire contract and also get a couple picks out of that thing? He has to view that as a massive success. But other executives were allegedly talked to around the NFL, and who knows what the fuck that means, honestly. None of us yeah. <laughs> none of us know what that means. But they said they'd rather have like a Taylor Heineke uh, at $3 yeah. million plus another $22 million. Like those conversations, I think, don't get pinned pointed enough that the money is such an important factor in a lot of these decisions for some of these teams and then for other teams the money means absolutely nothing it's very it's a fucking interesting time right now yeah i mean look if at the quarterback position if you've got one of those dudes if you've got patrick mahomes or you know justin herbert those guys you just pay them whatever they want you know aaron aaron's obviously in that josh allen you you just pay him josh allen you pay him the challenge is going to be when you get in that middle tier group of guys like to me like look at a team like tennessee going forward like Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback, but he's probably in the 10 to 20 range, however you want to Whoa. slot him in there. Whoa, and you look at he's 34 years old. I think his cap number this year is like 36 million. And then you look at going forward next year, I think they can get out. It's like 18 million. And so you go, okay, is he is he better than Kenny Pickett? Okay, I think he's better, but maybe this much better. Jesus. And the conversation isn't Whoa. Ryan Tannehill versus Kenny Pickett. It's Ryan Tannehill versus Kenny Pickett, plus the four other guys on your roster you're going to be able to add with all the savings that you have. So those are the teams, I think, that, are, that kind of have a little bit of a tricky decision to make here with the finances. Dude, perfect, told us. Ryan Tannehill, most accurate quarterback they've ever done trick shot with. Wow. Excuse wow. me? Yeah, so you tell me if Kenny Pickett's it's a little – yeah, that's what I was, I was told that by Jeez. the dude, perfect. Couldn't believe They got 14 you million know views. All right. They don't you know line. what's interesting is I think for a long time, you know, people looked at Bill Walsh as kind of like the godfather of quarterbacks, and I think now it's tied from dude perfect. I got to start <laughs> tapping into your resources, <laughs> tapping into your contacts, and see if I can help my draft evaluation process right here. Yeah, I, I, I think I can help you. I hung out with him there. It was such a short amount of time because made he first. made it on the first try, yeah. so I didn't get to hang around them as long as I had, had liked. But when we were walking into the stadium, walking out of the stadium, we got to chit-chat a little bit. Good guys. I can hook you up maybe. I don't know if we're that close or not, but go ahead, Ty. I think the tall I think the tall guy's got a good arm too, by the way. The tall guy from Dude Perfect has got a nice arm. No, I think football Tyler. Tyler, football Tyler. Tyler's a better thrower. Okay, the beard. He's the rage monster. He's got the he's got more of a live arm, you're telling me? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see the tall one throw. and by the way, the tall one a was rage at a monster? Di- yeah, what's rage yeah. monster? Like he, he loses time. I think he does the video where he always is doing the rage monster. I've got I've what? got teenage boys. What is that? What is a rage monster? So he do like they do these stereotype videos, and and then there's always the one character that he plays that gets really mad and just destroys a bunch of stuff. So they they call that the Rage Monster. Oh, you didn't know we were going to break down Dude Perfect. Uh, well, uh, I'm happy about it. I'm learning about these guys as we go here because I got a chance <laughs> to just hang out on them for I think it was like 30 seconds, man. Quick, 30 seconds, quick. Here we go, boys. He makes it in there. Boom, we're off and chatting. Yeah. He was a high school quarterback down there in Texas. Really? Hey, Obviously. Hey, he's saying that that ball was beautiful. Say hey. champ. It's good scouting. That thing turned over. Yeah, he'll let you know. The Rage Monster will let you know who's a good quarterback. Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> top of the charts from what I've been told. Go ahead, Ty. DJ, you mentioned the Packers, and Mark Murphy obviously yeah. said that things could get interesting. Do you think with the way the receivers are this year, is there a chance that they're just going to kind of wait to whoever falls to them at 22, or do you think they might move up if we see a run of wide receivers and they don't want to be on the outside looking in? Yeah, I mean, look, they, everybody's talked about the fact they just don't, they've never taken him in one. You got to go back twenty years um, to Javon Walker since they've done it. So I, I'm not buying it. I think this is that you've got to adapt and change. And I think we've seen what the money looks like. They know more than better than anybody what that money looks like. I, I definitely see them 
taking taking one with one of these two picks. I don't I don't see them trading up. I, I I would imagine they can sit there because I think there's you know there's potentially like seven dudes um, you know with first round type players at, at that position. So I, unless there's just an insane run, if there's an insane run, maybe they get a little nervous, but. I think they'll be able to stick and pick and maybe get a guy like Jahan Dotson from, from Penn State, somebody like that. It's going to be interesting. Go ahead. Go yeah, on. Daniel, have you uh, heard about any guys either dropping or kind of rising in the draft? Because it feels like there was a big Jordan Davis buzz, and then we kind of haven't heard anything about him since. I think that one's interesting just because there's there's always kind of those big debates. There's some players when, you go, when you're in the draft room, you go over them, and it's a quick discussion. Everybody's How is he not that. one overall? <laughs> He's a freak. He's a unicorn. Well, here's the here's the. That's what we're looking I for. Yeah. I talked to a GM about this the other day who was not as high on him, and his thing was, look, he, he doesn't even stay on the field at third downs. So I'm drafting no. somebody that's a first or second down player, and my whole thing was, well, if you look at Georgia, the only person more athletic than him at the whole combine for defensive lineman was, was Wyatt, who is on that front with him. So he stays on the field. We look at Walker, who's, who's got a chance to be the first overall pick. He can kick inside, so that takes up one spot. And they've got a dude next year in Jalen Carter that's better than all of them, who's going to be a top five pick next year. So it wasn't like what? Johnny Scrub, you know, was was on the field <laughs> rushing the quarterback, and we got him off the field. Like it, they have they have an embarrassment of riches just because they didn't ask him to do it doesn't mean he can't do it. And and so I, I looked at, you know, Pat, would you ever? You might have been, you might be too young, Pat. You didn't play against Hainsworth, did you? Albert, no, he was at Washington. Yeah. Whenever I was, I think he was at Washington. He had already got his big payday. Yeah, when, when young. Young Albert Hainsworth, AJ. I don't know if you if you played against him. The uh, I mean, he was. There's a reason why Washington paid him all that money. He was like a dominant big man early in his career with the Tennessee Titans. Who so they used to actually kick him out some and put Van and Bosch inside, and they let him just obliterate tackles out there. Um, I think Jordan Davis can do a lot of those those things. I think he's got tremendous upside as a rusher. But that's the debate. That's the debate in the room. If you're six six three forty one with a twelve foot broad jump and a four eight forty, like and I'm. If I'm Trent Bulky, it's really they're like this guy loves upside. This guy loves like yeah. freak athletes. I don't. As soon as I saw that guy do his combine, I'm like, I have no fucking idea who this guy is. But this guy is the guy I would like on my team. And then you think about that Georgia defense. Jermaine Johnson was also there, right? Didn't he? Didn't he yeah, transfer? Yeah, 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 yeah. transferred. Yeah, yeah he oh, transferred yeah. out of there, and he ends up in Florida. Like they could have. <laughs> uh, you know how they do that quarterback room. Uh, with Joe Burrow was at Ohio State and everything like that. Yeah. That I wonder if that D line room down yeah. there in Georgia one like spring when everybody was there just absolutely stacked. Good for Kirby Smart making that happen. Yeah, Kirby. Yeah. Go ahead, Zone. Uh, Mr. Sticks, kind of a two part question here. Uh, Pat Pat keeps asking me, and, and the callers <laughs> asking, and, I, and I'm wondering myself. It's after Mike Tomlin's pro day tour and all the visits yeah. and stuff like that. It, it seems like quarter and quarterback, and then we had a huge move this morning on Fanduel. Uh, Desmond Ritter jumped up quite a bit to be the uh, first quarterback overall taken. Is there rumors going around that, that Ritter's stock is on the rise? Yeah, he's crushed the post-draft stuff. So, you know, you go to the Senior Bowl, then you've got the combine, then you've got pro days, then you've got visits. And everybody that I've talked to, starting with the Senior Bowl, that everybody was around him, say this dude is incredibly smart, he's incredibly mature. Um, coaches fall in love with him because – He's got a, a great uh, memory to be able to, to, to show you recall, which over the years, that's kind of been a really important thing. When you get guys that have excellent recall, it's a, it's a good sign. So he's got that going for him. And then you go out there and you rip off a, a low 4-5 time or whatever he ran in the, in the 40. He was flying. So you've got somebody that's got a little bit of size. He's got some athleticism. He's incredibly smart, mature, tough. 
Now, I, on the tape, when I watched the tape, I did not see somebody I thought was a first-round player. But I think you're starting to see teams falling in love with the dude and, and saying, okay, he's going to put in the work. He's got the talent. We can kind of put all that together, be a little bit patient, and it, it'll pay off for us. But he's he's crushed the uh, the post the postseason stuff more than any other quarterback. He led Cincinnati to the college football mm-hmm. playoffs. I mean, that is he's a dog. That. He's a dog, right? Yeah. This guy is yeah. an absolute dog. Not not that Fickle isn't and the rest of the team sauce and everybody isn't. By the year of the quarterback of Cincinnati and make it to the college football playoff, like historic thing, I assume you got a little bit of shit to you, which mm-hmm. uh, was probably coming through in a lot of these conversations uh, throughout the combine. No doubt. He's been impressive, dude. He's been impressive. The only thing I'd add to that, Pat, like, dude, there's, there's, a, there's a crap ton of Cincinnati dudes in this draft, man. That was not – I always used to laugh like when Boise would have those good teams and the media would frame it as like the little engine that could and they, they beat the, you know, the big bad. And I'm like, dude, they got like seven draftable players on their team. This is not like a bunch of Johnny Tryhards out there. Like these are real NFL dudes and Cincinnati has a bunch. You know, they have an indoor facility and what we're learning is the Bengals are also building one. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that? <laughs> That's big news, man. It it's a is cold out there in Cincinnati, isn't it? I mean, that's insane. They haven't had an indoor practice facility this entire time. Make it to the Super Bowl. You know, the last sixteen quarterbacks that made their uh, debut in the Super Bowl and lost. CBS had this stat yesterday. Never made it back again. Joey Burrow is just different, wow. though. It feels like doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like Joe yeah, Burrow? I'm not betting just... against. I'm not betting against that dude. How do you find out about if a person has that or not in the draft process? Because I feel like you said recall is a big deal. Concur. Yeah. Completely agree. Got to have a big brain to be a quarterback in the NFL. But also, how do you know the person's fucking Joey Burrow? How do you know, like, I feel like Josh Allen has this in him. Mm-hmm. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, obviously. All the guys that have it, there's that that it factor. How do you find that out? Baker Mayfield, too, though, Daniel. Like, that's another thing. Daniel, I feel like Baker Mayfield kind of has that it yeah. factor as well. And it's jury's still out, I guess, how his career goes. I mean, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I think it. You know what I would say? That, that's a great call, AJ. I would say I, I don't know many great quarterbacks that don't have that. Um, so I think it's kind of like that gets you into the conversation. That's kind of like a pre- prerequisite. You've got to have that. Then once you pass that test, then you can go into some of the other traits and, and skills and abilities that you, you like to possess. Uh, but yeah, Baker completely has that. But, you know, a lot of it's just talking, you know, talking to guys around him. You know, the thing about Burrow is you just heard about how crazy competitive he was. I mean, you even saw some of the videos at Ohio, at Ohio State with him and, like, some of the tug-of-war stuff. Like, he's just a maniac. Um, you find out how he competed in other sports. Everything I heard about him came back that way. And it's not it's not just quarterbacks. Like, I remember when, when Nick Chubb was coming out, they had Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle out of Georgia that year. And the coaches just raved about Nick Chubb, about this guy's a psycho competitor. Like, you just buy that. So then the that one, I was, okay, I'm a little low on Nick Chubb in hindsight. Then we have Javante Williams last year from North Carolina. And I'm like hearing all this stuff about him. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is Nick Chubb 2.0. They're like the same guy. So then you, you buy in on that. And then sure enough, he ends up being a stud. So there's sometimes you start hearing the same things about these great players in the past. You start hearing about some of these guys. And it gives you a little more courage to, to jump on. Good, AJ. Dan, okay. The Jags' number one pick. Is there any any <laughs> situation in this world where you can see them getting out of that number one pick and someone coming and taking it from them? I don't think so. I mean, the only thing I could potentially see happening there would be if Detroit, you know, for obvious reasons, for kind of, you know, if you think about just geography, like Aiden Hutchinson would just be a home run for them. Yeah. If they think, yeah. You know, yeah. If, Born if, in if, Michigan. Born in Michigan, yeah. If Jacksonville wanted it, like if I was if I was Trent Baalke and you said, okay, we're going to take Walker, 
Now, it would have to be kind of a gentleman's agreement, but it might be a situation where you said, hey, with Detroit, you're going to take you're taking Aiden Hutchinson. You guys want Aiden Hutchinson. OK, we'll flop. You can get him. But I want a little I want a little sugar. Just give me a little something there. I'll tax um, him a little then, bit, a little bit, a little bit. I remember when I was uh, when I was in Baltimore, we wanted uh, we were going to take Cody Nada. Well, Cleveland was one pick ahead of us. And they knew because they had all come from from our from our place from Baltimore. They knew we would love Haloti Nada, so they were they were on the phone and telling Ozzy like, "Hey, we think we're going to take Haloti Nada," and we were like, "Nah, I know they want an edge rusher." I, not me, but our whole group knew that they you know were probably going to take Cameron Wembley. We were probably ninety five percent sure that's who they would take, but they wanted to just flop back one spot and make us pay a little bit of a tax. Um, to guarantee that we got nada. And that's why, you know, Ozzy Newsom's so dang good because Ozzy was like, it ended up being negotiated down to a, like a sixth round pick. And so, Worth like, okay, it. even though we're not, we're 95% sure that we're still going to get Haloti, but like we love him enough where just to guarantee we get him here, you can we'll flip you a six round pick and we guarantee that we got Haloti nada. But sometimes those types of trades happen. Uh, do you study like deeper in the draft? Because I feel like the only thing we know about is the top ten. Like for instance, our draft spectacular every single year. Yeah, boy, after the, what the fifth pick, we don't know a fuck. Oh yeah, no <laughs> clue. It is a good time. Watch, I, I think us trying to figure out who this player is, and then somebody will have a little bit of information. Then we're piecing it together and do that. How deep into this thing do you go, and how deep do you study, and who's somebody that maybe we should uh, think about being a surprise late? So I'll see if I can kind of show you some of this here, if you can see it on the computer. But, like, this is, like, just an Excel sheet, right? Jesus. And it's just – I've got 400 players in there. So it's just my notes. <laughs> so I just keep keep my notes in there on these guys. So during the draft, Pat, I've got my computer up, and I've got 400 dudes in here. Like, like if you just give me a – give me, like, a random player. Like, uh, let's go – Jordan Stout. Uh, give me uh, – give me – oh, is it the punter? Yeah, from Penn State. Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> I have – have, I haven't put the punters in yet. Okay, so right. Smoke be, be Monday. 405 once I, I I haven't got my touch to toe times yet, Pat. I got to. Uh, all I gotta right. All right. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Matt Ariza, Jordan Stout, a couple good guys. I mean, think about uh, uh, Matt Ariza. Matt Ariza's brother is my is my mortgage lender, by the way. Random. Wow. Random. Wow. Wow. About that? Hey, Ariza family fucking yeah. doing it. Lending good yeah. For the brand, gives me a good rate. Um, let me see here. Hey, go to Ariza. Uh, like, if, if you just grab, like, Dane Belton, right? He's a safety from Iowa. Good probably going to go yeah. in the go fifth, fifth round, fourth, fifth round. He's a he's a hybrid outside linebacker, strong safety. The kids he's willing to play anywhere. He had five picks. He shoots gaps underneath. Absolute he's got dog. good instincts. Um, he's got outstanding yeah. hands. He's he's also got some production on punt coverage. He's going to be a really good special teamer. Like you, so you've got that on four hundred dudes. So just to tell you just a little bit about them when they when they get picked. Well, you crush it on TV. We're very lucky and thankful that you stopped by today. Uh, appreciate you, man. Good luck the rest of the way here these last two weeks. I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Hey, make sure you're no bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because when you put a tweet out, like we pay attention. You know, we mm-hmm. have to because there's nothing else Dude, going on. Pat, and tr- you- do you remember last year, bro? We were on the we were doing we got to do this again right before the draft because last year we were okay. talking. I think you had just got with Glazer or or maybe well, you had it well, yeah. with the Trey Lance yeah. the Trey Lance uh, Niner thing was yeah. going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, and you were you were on it. Hey, I'm I'm an insider uh, every once in a while. I <laughs> dabble do. in there. I do that. That rattled the entire day though. That shook. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then then Aaron Rodgers shit came at like four o'clock. Yeah. I mean yeah. it was uh, yes. 
Last year's draft day was a wild ride. Was yeah. insane. Crazy. I can't wait for this week yeah, or this year. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. Move the sticks, Daniel Jeremiah. Hey, As you get older, you know, and the hits move further and further away from your prime. True. Your testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in your body. Mm-hmm. That's good. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and then testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year from there. Oh, my God. Jesus. I'm 34, so 4% down. Jeez. Natural. Sorry. Yeah. Good. AJ, how old? 8% down. Holy shit. Oh, my God. It's almost 40? a tenth, bro. Back Damn. of bones. That's why our friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone uh, production. Getting started is easy. Just go to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Roman is offering $15 off your first order of their incredible supplement designed to support testosterone production and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Just go to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat for $15 off your first order and free shipping. Make sure you click the link in the description. Wow. Well, that's a great or deal. you just go to that. Go. $15 off and free two-day shipping. That's awesome. That means by the weekend you'll be... You know, yeah. at least fighting that st- yeah. testosterone dip. Oh, like, getting, you up. getting you up. Hey, isn't it crazy? Like, McDaniel was the first guy to really admit it publicly. He was like, I am a zero-win head coach who this is a lot of fun. Like, this is a lot of fun. This whole, hey, this guy's going to be amazing. This guy's going to be amazing. The tide will turn on you if you stink. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Like that. I mean, just like that, it'll happen. It is unbelievable, this professional sports world we live in. It doesn't matter. I feel like what your personality is, how much people may like you or hate you as a person. If you win, cool. You can do whatever you want. If you lose, you're going to get annihilated. Mm-hmm. That's society, isn't it? It's it's society. Business, baby. Hey, be yourself. Be authentic. Do it your way. Don't try to do it the way somebody you think you should do it. I think that because hey, either way, you're getting fired. Probably. That's why. Yeah. Either way, you're At either retiring you or getting fired here. Mm-hmm. You're either walking out of here and never coaching again. Or you're getting fired because they stink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're going to have to move to another city again, you know, with your family, that's, just like you've done your entire life. Ain't that right, Mitt? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. said, yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> Mitt, let's... how many school, different schools did you go to growing up? Uh, I moved nine times. I think I went to like 12 different schools. Jeez. Nobody thinks about that. That's Coach's, that's, that's that's coach's family right there. That's Coach's family right there. It's a lot of buddies. Hey, Mitt, you've done good, bub. Had a baby, man. Bad boy, man. Did you ever, were you worried, Mitt, like making new friends at a new place because you knew you were probably leaving eventually? Uh, after like the first two or three times, no, you kind of just push that to a side and kind of move towards. I mean, you just you do it enough that it, like I moved three times in three years, so like you do it enough that you just kind of get used to it. Yeah, and you just you, you come into the new school, and obviously you're incredibly cool and handsome. Yeah, and you just say, "Hey, I'm probably not going to be here in a year, so let's have a hell of a run here, boys." <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that what you say? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like being the new kid, everybody likes you. Everybody likes the new kid, well, so it's fun. I see, that's not what I. Heard. I don't know about that. I've never been yeah. a new kid. I went to the same school. All the girls, you see a hot new kid? Oh, you're talking about Remember what's his Titans? name? A- Emmett. Emmett. No, he goes by Mitt, bro. Yeah. Oh, he's the man. He smokes so much weed. Bro, he's only 12. Yeah. That's yeah, just how he is. Sick in football. Wait until he's so cool when he gets a playoff allowance. <laughs> Jeez. What's that all about? <laughs> this guy's an asshole. Thinking I, right, no, Mitt talks for... about getting his playoff allowance a lot. Well, that was a real thing. That was almost a conversation that happened uh, this past offseason whenever a team's coaches didn't think they were getting a playoff bonus, mm-hmm. which – the whole family that has moved like 15 times and got to that spot. It's like, hey, that playoff bonus was just like accounted for already. Like, hey, this is, we need this thing. But, Mitt, we appreciate you, brother. We, we really do. Um, let's talk about a guy who didn't feel appreciated. All right? Allegedly. I don't know. I haven't listened to the clip yet in its entirety. <laughs> but it does sound 
like Baker Mayfield is done with his time in the Cleveland Browns, whether the Cleveland Browns like it or not. He was on the You Never Know podcast, YNK, with Mike Studd. Uh, I can't make the sound he makes, but he's an incredible musician who is friends with a lot of these guys, has a great podcast over there. Baker Mayfield stopped by the couch with either his dog or Mike Studd's dog, not giving a single fucking sleep in the entire time. And he had this to say about his time in Cleveland. Right now, I was like, I really, truly, honestly have no regrets of my time in Cleveland, of what I tried to give to that place. Right. And true Clevelanders and true Browns fans know, know that. And that's why I can walk away from the whole situation feeling like I, I did it. And now, do you, feel like, do you feel like the way the office has handled it has been disrespectful to you, given, what's, given where you came in and where they are now? And- uh, I mean, yeah, the respect thing is like, it, it's all, it's all going to be like a personal opinion. Yeah, like, and it's I don't, a- I, no, I, I feel disrespected, 100%. Mm-hmm. Because I was told one thing and they completed another. That's what I'm in the middle of right now. And you know what? Okay, I got I got my taste of it because I've had four different head coaches in four years, a bunch of different coordinators. I've had talk about the highs. They always come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always come back. <laughs> always yeah. Come back. But like, I mean, I had great times my rookie year. Like, I didn't I didn't start in the beginning. I came in and got to have fun the back half of the year. 2019 sucked. 2020 was great. Made the playoffs. 2021 was miserable. It's like, yeah. I'm just looking for stabilization right now. And like, I know what I need to do for me to be, to be the best version of me right. and to be able to lead an organization. And like, I'm in a good place right now. Right. So we're like, I have no clue where I'm going. All right. Well, we just obviously credit Mike Studs. You know, dropped in the middle of that video and uh, did not expect. What are you laughing about? Well, that's he. I was like, hey, we need to give credit to these people. You never know, podcasts like we need to give them credit. Zito just got it from a a Twitter, from YouTube, or whatever. So he tried to drop a credit in the middle of that, and I think Zito just panicked and he didn't know exactly who. So we apologize. We appreciate them doing that with Baker's conversation. I mean, everything he's saying there is valid, right? But a lot of people would say you're the quarterback of the team, so the ups and downs is, you know more so on your shoulders than anybody else's, but four different head coaches, a bunch of different coordinators. I can understand how he feels the way he feels and why he feels the way he feels, but this is a, a business, you know, like that. this is what this is. There's a chance you're going to get fucked over, and that's just, uh, you know, a part of it. I guess you just, he's got to buy into it. It happens at every other position on a very regular basis where they bring in somebody or they say, hey, you're going to be with us next year, and then they bring somebody in that's younger, cheaper, or better, or whatever, and you're just kind of a side thought. This happens in the NFL a lot, in the entire roster. I feel like it is just a very normal thing. But for Baker, with everything that happened last year, with the injury, him playing through it, you know, broken humerus, torn labrum, had a, a, a an entire brace on that he wasn't able to throw, then they say, hey, you're in our plans, we're going to have you play another year next year. Then, boom, they dropped the big most guaranteed a money contract on somebody that didn't even get to play last year because of a lot of shit happening off the field. Baker Mayfield was just, I fucking hate this place. That's what it, and he didn't say that in so many words. You could see how he feels that way. But once again, you're going to hear a lot of people say, this is the fucking NFL, dude. Like, that's just the kind of how it goes every once in a while, especially if you're not winning Super Bowls or playoff games every single year. Yeah, it's cold business, man. It's It, it truly is. It's, it's a business. They're not, uh, unfortunately, your, your feelings don't matter. And that's why... It's a big bonus that you get paid a ton of money. Everybody who plays in the league gets paid a bunch of money. Quarterbacks more than anybody else. But, yeah, I guess the hard thing is any professional athlete, I, it just you're not going to get sympathy from people. Anybody. No matter what happens like with your professional life, even like horrendous, terrible things. You have a, an injury your first year that your career is over. Yeah, you, like, you feel awful. That person's dream is gone. But people, obviously, that have real issues in life trying to 
fight to survive or fight to put food on the table. Yeah, it's, you're not gonna you're not gonna gain much sympathy. And that's the, that's the hard thing, no matter when you're in Baker's situation. And once again, I don't think Baker's asking for sympathy. By the way, he was just answering a question on how he felt. I give so. him credit for being honest because yes. he's true. I think a lot of people would feel the way he does. I'm not saying you need to. Everyone would would come out and say that, but I'll give him credit for telling us. Yeah, I feel super disrespected. Yeah, and I don't. I honestly, once again, I don't think he was doing it as a cry for like attention or anything like that. I think he was just talking and addressing it. They were running that video on Sports Center. I seen it uh, whenever we went out mm-hmm. to the break. This is going to be a big conversation piece in our world for now because we had been wondering since the Baker Mayfield's team has requested a trade from the Cleveland Browns, and then this is before they signed Deshaun Watson. While they're still negotiating, probably with Deshaun Watson, uh, the Cleveland Browns have. Uh, anonymously said we don't give a fuck if Baker Mayfield wants to be traded and then Baker's team responds with we feel like the relationship is too far gone we'll never be able to get it we will still be asking for a trade and the Browns said we don't give a fuck also Deshaun Watson we just signed for 230 minutes that was literally within like a 24-hour period all that just happened and now they're like well we might need Baker to play actually because (laughs) we don't know if Deshaun's gonna be able to play it's like wow this is very public, very interesting. There's a lot of emotions and there's a lot of money and future, you know, livelihoods on the line here. Um, appreciate Baker going in there and talking, though, for sure. And uh, I can kind of understand where he's coming from, but also the fucking NFL is a business and it needs to be looked at as such. These guys didn't draft him either. Sorry, these guys did not draft him either. He was drafted by another front office. I was told by somebody... Um, Hey, remember, they didn't draft you. There is zero allegiances to you, is what I was told. And I was like, oh, great. This is a good relationship. Seems like it's going to go well. Yeah, you don't really, your success doesn't go on their resume, really. Yeah, like, actually, we'd rather get a new guy who broke all your records because then, you know, we actually. We got him. We replaced that guy. But, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll franchise tag you for another year. All right, thanks. This relationship's going to go great, I can tell. <laughs> go ahead, Diggs. Uh, Baker was also asked where he thought he was going to play next, and then he, he said this would have been a week, week and a half ago, would have said Indianapolis, but then he said Seattle was probably the most likely option now, even though he has no idea. Okay, so that's like if he was to play somewhere, where he would like to play. Yeah, give me DK Metcalf. Yeah, get Ty Lockett. Didn't he say something about going to some like cubicles of writers? Yeah, he said he wanted to yeah. boo the shit out boo of him. You know, boo him as in scare him? No, 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 like, I think, like, boom, like, tell them they stink mm-hmm. at their job, yeah. like everybody does to him, like, handling that, basically, as a, I think, in life. Not like Ooh, a boot. It's the baker goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not like a ghoul, I don't think. He I may. know. I thought he meant, I thought he said he'd want to show up and physically oh. assault them. That's what I thought he was talking about. Oh, no, no. I think he was talking about how people are, are just okay to say whatever they want to athletes, whenever they want, however they want, even though the athlete is much better than them, probably in the sport that they're talking about and life in business and everything, but you can tell them that they're the worst human on the earth because they threw an interception with a brace on with a tw- in that sport. Hey, that's by the way, that's also the NFL. Yeah, uh-huh. that's right. Uh, so I appreciate Baker being very honest about all these things. His thoughts are a lot of people's thoughts, but once yeah. again, to your point, like nobody's going to give a fuck. It's an uphill battle. It's definitely an uphill battle for you. And he's not asking. I would like to. We do not believe that he's going on this podcast to ask for like, hey, feel bad for yeah, him. No. I think he's just finally getting his side of everything out there. I think you guys came up with a great idea. Progressive or whoever it is, now that he's not on the Browns, won't be on the Browns anymore. Oh, yeah, his ghost should his be house. in the in the stadium in the house. Oh, the ghost of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. and there should and and they should have a, Deshaun should be in that house now, and Baker's haunting him. Ooh, insurance against ghosts. Now we're talking. Yeah. Don't check any of the closets though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find that. Hey, who's that cop <laughs> that form tackled him too? Yeah, that was fine. What's that, buddy? I said get that cop that form tackled him back in the day, too. Bring him in the commercial. That really 
I see it in my head as soon as you mention it, by the way. Mm -hmm. as soon as you I'm just happy he's alive, man. His head could have smoked that big old oh, curb yeah. and been dead. Now, hindsight, if we're Baker, he could have went up and out. He would have got, right? I mean, that dude was on him. That dude closed very quickly. Yeah, but he it was like me uh, tackling Trinidad Holiday. That guy only had one line that he could have got. If Baker stutter steps there, I think, you know. Any you think he could stutter step in that situation on a dime? <laughs> We're talking about a guy trying to run from the cops while hammered drunk. <laughs> I've never attempted to do it. What's that? Zito just said, do you want the video? No, no, we all know it. We know. Baker doesn't deserve it. He's, uh, he's going through he's it. He's going through some shit right <laughs> now. Uh, hopefully, he ends up in a... A home and plays great football. I want him to make a billion dollars. I want everybody to do that. He'll be somewhere. He'll be in the league. Well, he's probably going to be on the Browns. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. What They're in a weird spot. What if Deshaun's is suspended next season and not this season at all? And that next season's like 20-some million, 40-some million, whatever it is. It's Jacoby. And if I was like, cool, yeah, you guys did that for flexibility. Cool. Well, we're going to – oh, right. this year his fines equal $19 million. None of the civil cases will take place during the 2022 season. Is the new information out? His uh, – his attorney, Busby, or Harden? Uh, Harden? Harden is Deshaun. Harden. Harden. His attorney, Harden, said that all those cases will begin in March of 2023 or whatever. Yeah. I don't know how they control that. Deflategate situation. Yeah, it'll be a full. Like so the, does that mean that nothing happens to Deshaun most likely from Goodell this year? That's what I believe yeah. is what was being stated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sure it won't be loud. No. Just no, drag no, this no, thing no, out no, for no. as long as we can. As huh? long as possible. Yeah. Other stadiums will show Deshaun the utmost respect, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Especially in the AFC North. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. You bet. Oh, they're very nice fans. <laughs> yeah. The Ravens fans, Steelers oh, fans. When they come to New England, New England will be very cordial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're going to struggle to put them on primetime, I bet. There are a lot of football cities in the AFC. Yeah. And if they're good, too. I guess it's predetermined, though. A lot of good football cities in the AFC. And they're playing the AFC East, so add Buffalo, MetLife, New, New England, oh. Miami. That's forever, though. Yeah, yeah. exactly. A lot, a lot of passionate fan bases there. Hey, I love, like, those football times, mm -hmm. you know? I love them. I like when they, yeah, they just, they like, Pittsburgh's a funny one. Like, Pittsburgh's great. Like, how passionate Pittsburgh people are not only about being from Pittsburgh but loving the Steelers in every team there too like not every team the Pirates the fucking Pirates. stink okay yeah. the Pirates need to be sold great great state love the stadium though oh beautiful stadium's park. the best park in the mm -hmm. fucking league you know what I mean just best in the, in the bigs best the ever best by far yeah. you hear that Pittsburgh loves that hates the team hates the team well, not the players hey the players you. nothing wrong with the players hey, you, you guys stink that's not your fault Whoa. you can't fucking pitch Whoa. you can't fucking hit <laughs> you can't make to the fucking playoffs not your fault okay you guys are outmatched outwitted you're out scaled you're outpaid everything like that because nutting the owner is terrible but aside from that and listen opening day the other day yesterday place was packed out Sell gorgeous out. people playing really? flip cup yeah. in the yeah. gold lot i mean i've seen days always i've seen 35 year olds 40 year olds playing flip cup like we're back in fucking high school and ig stories Thirty-four thousand like, there yesterday boom they'll continue that the rest of the year right absolutely nope. unless zambelli firework night or not is it Jason Kendall know. bobblehead night or not? Oh. Are they both going yeah, on the yeah. same time? Get 34,000 back yeah, in yeah. there. 9,000 there today. They are dominating <clears throat> Cubs. Right now? Are you serious, Nick? Oh, yeah. Well, everyone yeah. had to go back to work today. They're up four. It's a one o'clock game. Cubs stink, dude. No, 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 no. Just an off day. Who is good? Red Sox. Red Sox are nasty. Well, no, they're not. They stink. Yeah. No, they're absolutely dominating right now. <laughs> Absolutely. The Dodgers. Dodgers. They, they, they haven't fucking played anybody. Yankees. Yeah, they lost two out of three to the Yankees to start the Ooh. season. Yeah, but now so. the Yankees are falling off. How many games are we in? We're like third game. 
You lost yeah. two out of three. Tonight, you guys are one five. and two. No. Fifth, fifth game tonight. Yeah, we're about to be three and three. Already? No, excuse me. Yeah, they play six every game. Six tonight. games, six yeah. Games. We have 17 yeah. straight days of games. Hey, these games are just flying by, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Six games The Reds already. are going to win it all, so we don't even need to talk no, about it. No, the actually, Reds actually. Yeah, they're president. I'm so happy you brought that up because you are a Reds fan. What, hey, for real, what happened? I got to see what happened. I, did, I saw this something. This guy got a fucking promo. The president of the team, uh, Mr. Uh, Bob uh, something. Bob Salini or whatever, wearing an all red suit. Okay, wearing an all red blazer, just cuts a promo. Like, what the fuck are you guys gonna do, huh? You're gonna not support the team anymore. We're trying. We're spending money. We're gonna sell it to somebody who's terrible. Is that what you want us to do? You have no other option. You can stop supporting the Reds or not? Okay, shut the fuck up. Is basically <laughs> what the president of the Reds said. And I'm like, damn, this dude just cut a heel promo. And all the Reds fans are like, hey, you're fucking right. We're going to goddamn games because there was once a time when we were really good. We're gonna continue to do that. Nothing doesn't even do that. So I guess I have a little bit of respect for Mr. Bobbalini. Yeah. Doing that, but he 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 pissed and shit on all Reds fans in a matter of a second. Yeah, let's run this clip. We have it actually. That's that's the bottom line. Sloney asked you about the quote, show little faith in us, right? Yeah. And, and I I saw you got right to the Colts. So you, you have people who say, look, uh, faith is earned. Fifteen years of ownership, they haven't won to the extent that we would like, and so you had my faith, but you've lost it. Why should that fan maintain trust in you? Well, where are you going to go? Well, you <laughs> Let's start there. I mean, sell but the team to who? I mean, well, that's the other thing. I mean, you want to have this debate? You know, if, if you want to look at what would you do with this team to have it be more profitable, make more money, compete more in the current economic system that this game exists, mm-hmm. it would be to pick it up and move it somewhere else. So, and so be careful what you ask sure. for. You know, I think we're Opening doing the best day. we can do with the resources well, that I, we have. I, I, we're no more pleased yeah. with the results than the fans. I'm not sitting here saying anybody should be. I'm not polishing any trophies in the office <laughs> yeah. right now, and that's what we're here to do. Um, but, you know, I'm the bottom line stuff. is, and, and I do think we've had to shift the discipline. We've tried a lot of things that didn't work, uh, and they came this close to working and didn't. Uh, nobody's got to right. tell me it you didn't tried. work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. So I think we've learned Different from those approach. things. And trust me, Nick is, is, a, is, a, he is a guy on a that's mission. A and uh, he is a bull in a china shop that has his way to do it, and that way is to grow your own, and he's doing just that. What's this guy's name, just so we get it right? It's like Bob Babalini. Phil Castellini, it said, right? There yes. Yeah. Phil Castellini, Phil. thank you. All right, so his name was not Bob, which we thought we had. So was. is he complaining about the owner? Is he saying the owner doesn't let me spend enough money? No, I think he's complaining about the fans complaining. Like, we get it, okay? We hear you. We're sorry. But the only way to really make a profitable business and do well in the world that we're in, like buy all the players, would be to get the fuck out of Cincinnati and go to a bigger city. Is basically Is that what you want us to do? Basically what he was saying. And I guess you can get the gist of it but the delivery was just awesome opening day like there's a parade in cincinnati like it is a huge ordeal and this president is out there answering questions about yeah fuck you all right yeah, yeah. you cheer for us whether you like it or not and we'll get this thing figured out i love it i love absolutely love it what a time i mean is that i guess that's just his real his rally cry to kind of get the troops on board right to start the season i think that's just the type of guy he is Setting an expectation, too. Like, hey, we're going to stink. You guys know we're going to stink. But what are you going to do? You're still going to fucking watch the Reds. Hey, when you and the family want to go do something on a fucking Saturday and it's nice weather and there's only one place you can really go and all eight of you can get in and have a good time, you're going to come to a fucking Reds game. You know why? Because your father did it. Your father's father did it. (laughs) And you're going to come whether you like it or not. You want to still have a team here or not? Okay, that's what I thought. Fucking get over it. We're not selling the team. We (laughs) wish we were polishing trophies, he said. Yeah. (laughs) That's what he said to do. Isn't his father the owner? Yes, that's. I knew I had seen it somewhere. Oh, the, oh. the signs on the side of the road were sell the team, Bob. 
Bob Casolini is the owner. Oh, okay. So, so his his uh, this guy's father yeah. is the problem. <laughs> so the Castellini family is running, uh, you know, rough shop over Cincinnati. Where are they from? Are they from Cincy? No way, right? Cincy's got uh, a good fodder is from Cincy. Cincy's Bob got a good deal Cincy. with diamonds. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, uh, so they're all from Cincy. Yeah, but the way he just spoke to Cincinnatians was awesome. You know, yeah. that, that sounded like a very heel promo of an outsider who had money who brought it in and was like, "Your city fucking stinks." He did apologize later. Oh, <laughs> uh, did he feel Castellini? Did Bob Castellini tell him to do so? No. Oh. Did Bob Senior? Hey, Bob called him into the fucking carpet. Hey, Phil, what the fuck are you saying our inside conversations outside for? Okay? We don't need that for fucking Phil. Take the red blazer off, do you? look like a jackass. <laughs> yeah. What a moment. What a moment. I, Nutting doesn't talk at all. Or the Nutting sperm. They don't talk at all. So we have no idea why they're fucking over the city of Pittsburgh the way they do. But we learned a lot about Cincy. Though. I know. He, he tried it out yesterday to uh, talk about the big deal they signed. So that was about it, though. Here we Nobody go. asked him about What was the big team. deal? Brian Hayes got eight years, eighty million. Yeah, highest paid pirate in history. All right, ten years. Bob sat there clutching his coin purse and shaking every time it was mentioned. Did he really say that? Well, I'm paying him that. Who's paying him? (laughs) Did I agree to the deal? Not me. No. No, your guys. The MLB's paying. I mean, that's no. nothing compared all to the giant deals. Are, yeah. What's that? Nothing at all. Yeah. That's nothing compared to the deals some of these guys sign. Well, and I, I love Joe Ma- uh, Magnello, yeah, Manginello. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love him. He shouldn't have been doing a fucking opening. Nobody should do anything for this guy, this nutting guy. He is. He's, oh, he threw the first pitch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet you was gassed, too. I think he threw Oh, it. yeah. Joe's too good of a guy. That's what I'm saying. Man. He is a good guy. And I understand the Pirates fans are going to show up on opening day because, you know, it was good weather. It's opening it's day. It's a drinking occasion. Yeah. And you can get drunk in a parking lot. Great. Mm-hmm. I understand that's the case, but they need to turn their back on that guy and make him forced to sell the team. But I feel like he would cut a similar promo to Phil Castellini. What are you going to do? You ain't going to do shit. All right? We just paid a guy $80 million. You like that? <laughs> Have a good one. We're going to lose again. We're going to stink again. We're going to be below 500 for the 45th straight year. That's just how it's going to go. The Reds had glory days, right? At one point. Last oh yeah, very red Arkin. machine. I think they're very red machine, bad, and I think they're very upset because they were good last year in the last few years, and then they kind of just let everybody walk Rob this Dibble. off season. Wow. Yeah. I remember when Pete Castellanos Rose. Honest, they let go. Yeah. Joe Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, you guys remember, Rose. You remember when they were in their prime? The yeah, bad boys. Of course. I don't know anything about baseball. Fucking Johnny Bench. Ooh, oh, dude, he bench. had a rocket. Johnny yeah. Bench had a rocket. Right? Ken Griffey Jr. was there time. for a while. Could throw it oh, from anywhere. He's great. I yeah. mean, he, Chris he was Sable. throwing people out. Chris Sable oh, yeah. and the Rex Specs. Yeah, Scott Rowland. You, you remember when Jason Kendall used to roll into the Cincinnati Reds and just fucking wreck everybody with he no did. gloves yeah. on? That's just right. Rake. That's awesome. Baseball stinks. So many Jason Kendall references here. <laughs> Absolutely, the legends. Yeah. literally the only <laughs> He's a guy. Great player. Fun fact: He is the second highest contract of all time yeah, in Pittsburgh Pirates history. Yeah. Worth he fucking it. earned it. Yeah, yeah. worth this every guy, penny. I don't know about this. I hope this guy. That was twenty years ago. A wow. little inflation difference too yeah. with how much eight money he's paid. Touch was third. Yeah. Well, then we sent Touch out of town when he was almost an MVP. Fucking, you're good. Get out of here. Go win somewhere else. We ain't going to do that around here. This team stinks. Made a lot of dumb off several guys. Hey, Yenzers, what are you going to do? You're still going to get fucking drunk in an afternoon in a parking lot when we have a game and there's Ambelli fireworks. What if that's what nothing just came out? (laughs) He knows his audience. All right. We're doing the whole song and dance. We're bringing you the fucking fireworks. Okay, we still got the dogs and everything. Sauerkraut, soul. All right, they're still going to run the pierogies. Him and Nade's son still carrying the torch. Him and Nade's coming through. All right, just fucking, what are you going to do about it? I love that. What you do, though, is you, you invite, like, every game, like, 35 different 
elementary schools to bust their kids to the game. You let them in for free and try to make some money on concessions, and you have some seats filled. Genius. Man. Well, I should have had the Winter Classic there next year instead of that dump Fenway. Well, Fenway is a good time, though. Fenway is a dump. Well, we know that's not true. Ben Affleck filmed that movie there. I've actually never been there, but... Yeah, uh, Ben Affleck and um, Jerry Renner. Renner. And uh, John Hamm. John Hamm. J-Lo. Whose call we taking? Oh. Good line. Bingo. Mm-hmm. We got to hurt some people. Are you going to Winter Classic with us next year? Yeah, where is it? Okay, cool. Fenway. It's Fenway. J- are you listening? I thought you said they already had one in Fenway. No, nah, they're uh, about to have one. Penguins, Bruins, Fenway. How you doing? I love that. I think it's a great idea. Me too. It should have been in Pittsburgh, though. Maybe next year. No, nope, probably not. Well, Has next been year. been in PNC or just Heinz? I think just Heinz. Heinz too big. Should have been in BNC. How's it going to be? Where are we sitting? Do a pond game. Let's time. do a frozen pond game. That'd be sweet. Yeah. They I tried think, to do that. Yeah, that was Tahoe. They did it Tahoe. Yeah, right next to the lake in Tahoe. The uh, sun blinded everybody and fucked up the ice. Mm-hmm. The no, ice. I'm taking actually on a frozen pond somewhere, like in Minnesota. All right, let's make no money, okay? And let's, yeah. just, let's have a good time. We can watch. And uh, let's, mm-hmm. let's make the ice not really let's you know, before. certain what it's going to do. They right. did that, uh, a couple years ago in uh, Mystery Alaska. The young upstart team took on the New York Rangers and flew awesome. them out uh, by helicopter. It's pretty sweet. That's sick. When are we going to fly up to uh, that one town up there in Canada? Saskatoon? Sheboygan? No, the f- Newfoundland? Newfie. That's, that, that's the rock that Rupp said he had to fly into to play against? Yeah, I believe it's a whole province. We need to go there. We should go there, too, on our tour. Of they drink hockey. a lot of beers and enjoy smooth cream and jam sandwiches. Ooh, oh, smooth cream and jam. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> what was that? Tiger tail? What was that other oh, thing? Yeah, tiger, oh, yeah, tiger tail. Tiger. 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 Don't eat that. Sherbert with black, <laughs> black licorice. Sherbert, it's orange <laughs> ice cream. Listen, Jaeger not- and orange juice. It's disgusting. <laughs> hey, Jaeger's making a big push to come back. I thought it was dead. I saw Post Malone in the commercial. There's a lot of people who really? just have stuck true that I know through Jaeger. Yeah. To Jaeger? That's yeah. insane. Really? Like yeah, I still college, have my Jagerator in the kitchen. Oh, Hard living. Dude. No, ja- Jagger bombs almost deleted everybody yeah, from the earth, dude. Jagger bombs were all awesome. Those things were. Jager bomb, Jager bomb, does Jager have a bomb. cool logo. Yeah. <laughs> that video. All time. My new fucking haircut. Yeah. <laughs> great video. Dude. All right. Uh, great internet. Uh, we're out of here. We can't thank you all enough. Thank you for calling. Tomorrow we got big guests lined up. Huge. Huge. Tomorrow's big show. Hell yeah. You hear me, AJ? Yeah, can any any hints? No. Oh, that's big. You'll find out tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Stay tuned. Mogul. Oh. Politician. Mogul. We're having a mogul okay. on tomorrow. Really? I mean, I only know one mogul. Who's that? <laughs> Say it. No, he's got VCon. He's too busy. <laughs> he's selling out a fucking stadium. New. He's yeah, selling out a stadium. Gary Vee's gonna sell out a stadium. Is he really? He has a whole like thing. Yeah, VCon. I think it might be there? the other people that are there. Learn about Jamestown type deal. No, 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 no. <laughs> what? what did he say? No. The, no. Hunter, the Hunter Party type <laughs> Listen. What? I'm going to send a couple of you. To, I'm going to force a couple of you to go. Yeah. You guys I want to go. This. Foxy's number All right, one I'll send. Hey, AJ, you'd be perfect. You and the toxic table and Gumpy, the most toxic no. humans I know. No. You too, no, Nick. No. You guys need Hell to fucking yeah. go. Can I go? I, I love, love the case west shoes they give out for free. No. The skies or the dirt? Dirt and clouds, both of them, dude. Jeez Louise. You guys are the worst. What is the deal? PJ Fleck, now Gary V. You scum. Gary V. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about, that's what we've been talking about this whole time. Sure, life is all about just being honest. That's not a political thing that I thought we were talking about. <laughs> Who do you think? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think, I thought we were talking about a politician. <laughs> Who?
I don't know. Whoever runs VCon. I just thought of the letter V. But now I know it's V-E-E-Con. Makes a lot more sense. All right. Let's get a clever name, too. It is great. I'm going. I would. I can't go. I got to work. You guys are going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to work, too. No, no, no. You're off, actually. I got to shovel snow. No, you got your time. You got time off. Oh, yeah. Shovel snow. I got garage sales to go to. Yeah, well, actually, is it at a garage sale? We don't know if he's starting to say him in the garage or not, but you That'd boys will sweet. go and hopefully turn your fucking lives around. You, you probably learn more about life shoveling snow or going to a garage sale. Well, hold on just real uh, quick, though. You all need to drink a little bit of positivity for uh, tomorrow's show. <laughs> Thank True. you. Okay, the boat didn't deserve it. The VCon didn't deserve it. Fuck you. You literally, <laughs> you started this entire thing. All right, I hope you all find a little positivity Come before Come on, tomorrow. guys, listen to him. <laughs> Us right. three, me, me, Diggs, and you are the only three pumping Hell up yeah. PJ Flex, so I feel I figure we're on the same team. All right, just real quick. All right, just because you're number seven overall linebacker in the history of college football doesn't mean you can be as toxic as you have been. You two. You two need to dial it back a little bit. That's right. I mean, come on. if guys. I go to VCon, I will bring cyanide with me. <laughs> oh, and I will chew that cap. If you send me to Stop. VCon. Stop it. He's wow. bringing together iconic Aoki? leaders from Steve Wayne. Aoki? Great I mean, building. Isn't VCon in Minnesota? You could stop Snoop. at the fucking Gophers Snoop? Stadium. Yes, dude. It's well, everybody. It makes sense, too. The greatest fucking snake oil salesman of our no, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> PJ Fleck together at last. What is the deal, dude? Gary, I would like to let both those guys oh. know that I do not agree with what he said. You want to buy the tickets now? Just yes, please. We sold out stadium, right? We need 20 of them, please. We already right. sold out, I thought. We went in top row. What's that? It's in Minneapolis. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Is Dan Rue going to be there? <laughs> that motherfucker kills it. I have never seen a guy with more competitive stamina to it. I mean, he fucking hits that thing. Dude, he yeah. does. I mean, yes, he does. He's on a horse in real life yeah. with no horse ever. I can't day. buy it. Huh? Who? I can't buy it. Sold out, right? Yeah, no, I have to use that ETC money. Oh, you need uh, Ethereum repair yeah, one. Fucking, uh, Snoop's the leading uh, guy. Well, Snoop, I gotta see Snoop and Gary V. Ava Longoria's gonna be All right, I'll go. Thank you. Thank you. You are go- you respect. <laughs> oh, Aoki's gonna be able to throw a cake. Fucking right. We saw his picture. I think Guy Fieri is there. <laughs> oh, what? That's gangster. I think I saw a photo. Yeah, I'm not guy sure. was born in Ohio. He's an Ohio guy. Yeah. Really? Where at? I think he was born in Columbus. Let me see. Oh That's my god. That's not the best college town in Ohio, but not. it is a good town. All right, we're out of here. Okay. You guys all need to find a little something to make you feel a little better and uh, speak more positive. Come on, guys. Tighten it up a little bit. Let's have a better <laughs> Thursday. Oh, yeah. Jesus. All right. We'll have positive Thursday tomorrow, all right? Hell yeah. Okay. Two happy Thursdays. Thursday. All right. We'll do that tomorrow. Yeah. Here we go. Positive go. Thursday. Hashtag PMS positive <laughs> Thursday. All right. We, we announced all the winners today yep. uh, for all of our contests that we haven't caught up with. We should be good. We're all the way back, I think. So now there's even more contests that are about to take place. Shout out to Cash App, by the way. Shout out. Uh, use hashtag PMS Positive Thursday, you know, and uh, try to guess who the guest is on tomorrow's show. If you get it right, you'll be put into a group to randomly win. This son of a bitch. This son of a fucking bitch. Take a screenshot. All right, and we'll give away... uh, uh, five people will win a thousand dollars each. Okay? Holy shit! And that'll hopefully nice. be. And say something nice to somebody and put your cash tag in there. Hashtag PMS Positive Thursday. Try to guess who the guest is tomorrow. As you have seen, it's mostly friends of the show coming on the show as of late because we do not have a booker or whatever. If you get that right, you will be automatically put into uh, a group. 
and then randomly select it to win. You have to have your cash tag and you have to have say, uh, say something nice and positive. Okay. Here we go. And you tweet that, you uh, potentially be one of the five winners of $1,000 each. You have to have your cash tag. Before we do the positive thing, did you know that Guy Fieri's a fucking liar? Whoa. His, you don't say his last name is Ferry, F-E-R-R-Y. He right. changed it to... F- All right, listen. I don't what? need to hear that right now. That's I just probably, found this that's out. Fake. That's fake news. That's not real. Who cares, okay? He's fucking guy, Friedi okay? You don't even get it. Wow. You don't right. get to just pick an Italian name. His middle name is Ramsey, too. Kind of <laughs> that ain't gangster. <laughs> Ramsey, okay. After Jalen? Hashtag PMS, Positive Thursday. Yeah. We have to reset this. <laughs> is his first name actually Guy or no? Yeah, it is. That's fucking the only yeah, true thing about it. Guy is gangster. Guy is gangster name. So, I mean, he doesn't deserve this either. It's been a rough day to live. I thought he was Italian. This is why we need tomorrow. <laughs> we need tomorrow. <laughs> Hashtag PMS Positive Thursday. Your cash tag. Guess who's going to be on the show. And then also say something nice to somebody. And you might be one of the five winners of $1,000 each. Okay? Hell yeah. Sounds good. And everybody needs to relax. Stay off the internet for a day. Okay, stop learning new stuff that we need to know about that maybe changes our opinion on people. We don't need to do that. Maybe uh, just judging people for what leading cults, I guess. That is your, your guys' thing over Not here. Not me. Uh, it's cults all the time. Being all right? good at football coaches. Yeah, geez. Rowing DJ Koresh. Steve Aoki is not from Columbus. He's from Miami. Okay, it's a good fact. <laughs> all right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye.